Welcome to Talking Jets, my name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my lovely co-pilots. I have Mr. Greenbean to my this way. I have Mr. Richie to my that way. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? Me, I'm good, man. This is exciting. We get Richie tonight. Matt couldn't make it, but man, is it always nice to talk Jets with Richie. I'm excited. Richie, thank you for hopping in with us. How you doing tonight, brother? First time on the new Talking Jets YouTube channel. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm thankful that Matt has a place to be tonight so I can fill in. And uh, thank you guys for uh, inviting me onto the show. Always a pleasure. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Training camp opens tomorrow. Vibes are high. Let's go, boys. Can't wait to talk Jets with you guys. Uh, chat, if you're just hopping in here, make sure you hit that like button for us on the way. And if you're listening to this after the fact, make sure you drop a comment down below. Get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Boys and girls, we are doing our ticket group by. Bam! It's pinned in the live chat. Jets Chargers. Go to TalkingJets.com if you want to get in on that. Very excited. Limited amount of tickets available for that. Fun fact, it's actually the Monday prior to Election Day. So most schools and things like that have off on that Tuesday. Um, so kind of fun. Just noticed that the other day, actually. Did not plan it that way, but it's nice when things work out that way. Greenbean, I want to hear from you. How, are you you excited for this Charger game? I know we've been getting amped up a little bit. Actually, we just got some, some news. We were originally going to go on the field after the game. We're going to go on the field before the game now. Monday Night Football, they're like, yo, you guys coming out? Like, upgrade your tickets. You get the pre, uh, pre-game pre entertainment. So, Greenbean, you yeah, excited well, for that? It, it, I am, man. It's, you know, like, uh, I, I least the way I understand it, right? I'm old and I'm slow and I don't know what things like uh, hit me up on my jack mean. I don't, you know, I don't know what this means. Reach out to my jack, like Sauce Gardner sent to Tariq Woolen. Well, um, but I think the way that it is, you know, like when you walk into like you know, before the game, you see the guys walking through this like tunnel and there's like the glass walls and all the fans are there beating on the thing and they're, they're high fiving through the glass and, where it's going to be us. So that's I think that's what it is. Right, Ryan? Isn't that what we get to do? Isn't that uh, that sounds super cool to me? I don't actually know. They, they like, kind of described it to me, and it sounds really exciting. And they're like, we're upgrading you. And I was like, Bob, oh, I'm so excited. Like, sure, sign me up. I don't know. <laughs> but it's better. I figure Monday Night Football, we're going to get out of there at like 12 o'clock. So like go before on the field is probably a better better move. You know, it does make sense. Uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a 1 o'clock game. You know what I mean? It's not even a 4 o'clock game. It's a 8.30 game or whatever it is, 8.20. So, yeah. You know, you want to be able to get out of there, do all your fun stuff before the game. And uh, but I'm just uh, dude, I love going up there. You guys know I'm not in the area. Right. So I love being able to go up there, spend a few days, meet all the Jets fans. We do things beforehand on the weekend. And it's going to be amazing dude, just to get there. We got we're hanging out with Tailgate Joe, which I haven't I haven't hung out with Tailgate Joe since 2009, dude. Like that's the last time that I hit a Tailgate Joe. Uh, tailgate so i'm excited to to get to go over there with everybody and uh dude monday night football we don't get many of those and now we're gonna be there and we're gonna kick the shit out of the chargers i know it i'm confident <laughs> let's go i'm looking forward to it boys and girls we had a little bit of uh news i didn't make a quinn and williams slide i should have made a quinn and williams slide. so we're gonna skip to that uh we're gonna go to hard knocks <laughs> and the jets fought hard on this whole hard knocks uh 
thing we got going on. So I want to get into the clip real quick, then we'll hop back on the other side and talk about it. Well, again, the Jets fought it all along. They met with NFL Films and told them clear as day, we don't want to do this. And while you're all talking about the last time the Jets did it with Rex Ryan and Mike Tannenbaum, they were along for the ride. This group is not along for the ride. And hard knocks will not be the same because they're not going to be given the same access. The Jets don't believe it's humane to show players being released. So it would surprise me if we see them this summer. This is a partnership. This is a relationship. And the Jets are not interested in being partners with NFL Films, no matter what they say. So they're going to go in there because it is, as Aaron Rodgers says, being forced down their throats. But the Jets are not going to provide the level of cooperation that the Lions provided last year or that other teams have provided in other years. And essentially, in the end, because the Jets were unwilling to go along with it and because the commanders don't have the new owner approved yet and the league couldn't go there, the league wanted to go to the Jets. The Jets didn't want it. That's why they waited until last week because there was no other option. And the league said, essentially, the Jets, you're doing it. And that's the way it's going to go down. This will be the highest rated hard knocks in the history of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which is least their access. concern. With the yeah. least access. So I don't know about you guys, but it actually makes me smile a little bit seeing that they're not going to get the access they want. They didn't get the Quinn and Williams story to drop during yeah. hard knocks like the Reva situation. Like It's kind of like a little big old F you to NFL yeah. Films and, and HBO there. So, Richie, I want to start with you. How are you feeling about hard knocks and what do you think about this clip from Schefter? I think it's pretty cool. I love how the Jets are not allowing... You know, they kind of are calling their own shots, which is really awesome. And obviously, the NFL wants the New York Jets on here on Hard Knocks. I mean, usually the announcements are when? All the way in March? They waited all the way till July for a reason because the Jets were fighting with NFL films. We have a amazing TV show already hosted by the One Jets Drive Productions. Just got nominated for 19 damn awards. We have One Jets Drive. You know, Jets fans don't need any more, you know, films we get all the access we need, but hard knocks brings a different element. I'm all for it. You know, I, I can't complain. I get two different storylines Monday night, every week, uh, starting August 7th, we have the jets, one jets drive that we're all grown accustomed to love. And then we got the HBO's version of it on Tuesday. So it's going to be cool. Two little storylines that they're going to see from the HBO's perspective and the jets perspective. But I do like the jets limiting access because they're calling the shots. They're not going to allow HBO to come in here and try to spin a little drama in a season that really seems to be special. And Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson, all the people up front, they feel something special brewing here, and they don't want cameras to come here and try to spin it into a dramatic situation. I think that the front office and the One Jets Drive, the cool collaboration that they have is that they allow them to get into certain access, but the front office has trust in those cameras and not, you know, show the world too much stuff, if you know what I mean. And they're worried that HBO will do that. So they're restricting it. I think it's smart. People are blowing it up, saying, oh, Rodgers get all this creative control. He gets whatever he wants. That's nothing to do with Rodgers. It's the Jets organization in my eyes. But I'm all for it, and I think it's going to be a good opportunity for us and the whole NFL world to get a good taste of this Jets team on Hard Knocks. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think there's going to be a lot of players that really shine through. Michael Clemens is one that I feel like is going to be a fan favorite uh, throughout this whole Hard Knock series. You mentioned it before, the the Jets have the one Jets drive docuseries that they already do, and they have full control over what gets put together in those uh, videos. So it's a little bit more of like, you know, ticket sales and and more of a pro-Jet propaganda. HBO might be a little more... um, 
middle of the line or objective, but they're gonna, you know, slant more towards the drama. So, so any issues that could be springing up within our locker room, they're gonna try and hone in on and amplify as best as possible. And I really like how they're not showing the players getting cut. Apparently, I heard this from uh, from Connie that the that Joe Douglas was the guy that was cutting people in the first iteration of hard knocks with the Ravens. And that's one of the main reasons why the Jets are not going to allow it because Joe Douglas didn't like airing out that dirty laundry, you know, for national TV. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, Greenbean, what are your thoughts on the whole hard knock series? Well, isn't that interesting though? I'll tell you what, it's just so funny, you know, how people's minds go, you know, like uh, out there, you know, people are like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers, everywhere he goes, he does this, he gets what he wants. And like Richie was talking about, my first thought was when they started talking about, you know, the inhumane practice of seeing the cuts, my first thought was, dude, that's Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas was the Turk in the first uh, ever hard knock series, like you just mentioned, uh, for the Ravens. That's how he cut his teeth in this whole world, walking around telling people, hey, you lost your job today. It's got to be the toughest job in the world because it's not only the fact that you're doing that, it's the fact that everybody who sees you coming, like they, they hate, they don't want you in the room. They're trying to avoid you. Like the whole thing. It's like, oh shit, here comes the guy. He's like the devil. He's, he's death walking in the room with a sickle, you know, everybody wants to fucking get out of the room. So it's like, uh, you know, Joe Douglas has firsthand experience with the pain of that. And while it's just, uh, you know, there are, you know, every team has a Turk and, and it happens every year, and we all know we see guys that, uh, you know, that, that that we don't want cut, cut. You see guys cut that you don't necessarily think should make the team, but they're still underneath everything. They're humans, and that's their dream, and it's getting taken away from them. And it's always painful to see, uh, even in you know with the we rewatched the uh, the Jets hard knocks from 2010 uh, in the Beanbagger Group. We have one more episode tomorrow night. We're watching that together, episode five. But it's like you see it, man. You see the pain in these people's eyes. And interestingly enough, we saw um, in episode four, we cut uh, Kevin O'Connell. I think his name is, right? He's the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings now. And I didn't correlate that. I didn't even know that. I just didn't even think that's the same guy that we had on the Jets that we traded for. But anyway, so at least he made good. Maybe Maybe there's that. But the, in the moment, it's very, very painful. And I'm not uh, I'm not doubting for a second that it's Joe Douglas that, you know, doesn't really – he's not really into it, man. He's not into, you know, having to show that. He saw the pain on the guy's eyes, you know, from two feet away. You know, hey, get, take your playbook and come uh, come with me. So to speak. That's, ter- that's a terrible thing to be a part of. So anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I like it too. I think the Jets – are putting up their stand, you know, look, the, it's in the agreement, right? It's in the CBA that some team has to do it. So they, they threw their weight around and they forced it on us and it's okay. But I'm really excited to see one jets drives take versus HBO and see like who does a better job. I'm really curious. It's head to head, man. I think that one jets drive is going to step it up and make them look like, Hey man, you're not even number one in this house over here. And that'll be exciting. I'm rooting for one Jets drive. They have some great production value. I remember watching the Hard Knocks back in, what was it, 2010, being like, wow, this is incredible. I'm so excited for this. And I don't know when 
one jet's drive first started coming out but i remember you know the first time i saw it i was like holy smokes this is the closest thing i've seen since hard knocks and it's just like you know been a natural staple in uh, in the household for the last few seasons now uh richie any particular parts of training camp that you're looking forward to as far as uh or maybe even you know hard knocks the access we're going to get any storylines or players that you might be kind of keeping an eye on aaron Rodgers. Ah, give me all the Aaron Rodgers content that you could possibly give me. Force feed it down my throat. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers, please give me all of it. And um, listen, Aaron Rodgers said himself that like at the golf outing, he's like, yeah, they've been, you know, what are the words he used? Like just shoving it down our throats and we have to just take it on the chin and just do it. But I think that the headline is definitely going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's that simple. But when it comes to the underlying things, who are going to make the 53-man roster who are the people on the roster bubble? Who might get cut? Who might not get cut? You know, just the stardom of Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and the personalities of Michael Clemens and even the personality of a guy like Michael Carter, who I think is a really fun personality and character on the Jets team. I just think it's going to give this Jets uh, young team a good opportunity to really let their personality shine on the big stage because they're used to one Jets drives cameras, but that's kind of just like focused on us Jets fans, which I have no problem with, but hard knocks is going to be broadcasted to the entire world, the entire NFL. You know, everybody mm -hmm. watches Hard Knocks. And I also think that some people, you know, with the narrative of saying well, this could be a negative for the Jets from the perspective it could be a distraction. Well, I do like to bring up a positive stance on that, in my opinion, of what Hard Knocks could bring with this Jets team. Because as we know, this Jets team has so much pressure heading into the season. We have six primetime games. We're the talk of the NFL already. But I think this is going to be an early test for this Jets team's mentality and how to handle all the eyes on us, right? Every week, the whole national world is going to be talking about the New York Jets and hard knocks behind closed doors, what's going on at training camp. And it's going to be a good test for these players to get an idea of, oh, okay, this is what it's like to have millions of people talking about us every week in a good way and a bad way because you know there's always going to be people crapping on the Jets for hard knocks and loving the Jets in a national scope. So it's going to prepare their minds a little bit to see what the season is going to be like with the lights are on. Monday night football week one. We got Sunday night football week four. Primetime games all over the place with Aaron Rodgers. And I think it could be a good test for this young team to really get an idea of what it's like with all the eyes are on them early on in training camp. Greenbean, what about you? Any particular battle or, or thing you're looking forward to when it comes to hard knocks or training camp in general? The rise of Jamie and Sherwood. That's what I'm about. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm here oh, for I Sherwood. I'm telling you, man, I, I talked about it in the podcast this week. Dude, there is no doubt in my mind. Now, I don't know if Quan's going to be brought back or whatever. I'm not against Quan Alexander. I think it would be a positive and all that. But, dude... A couple of things. Number one, Jamie and Sherwood ha is having articles written about him right now. He's being put out there. He's being exposed to the media. There are sound bites of Jamie and Sherwood now out there. If you go on the Jets website and look for a Quinn and Will a Williams jersey, which is non-existent, by the way, they have no whites, no greens, and they only have black available, and they only have small and triple X. So I don't know what the hell this is all about. But if you go on there looking for a Quinn and Williams jersey, maybe an Aaron Rodgers jersey, you'll see all these other names, you know, like the ABTs and the Conklins of the world. And then you scroll down a little bit, and there's Sherwood. Now, people say, ah, it's okay. They put up all kinds of jerseys. He's a mid-round draft pick reserve player. 
They don't, that's not normal. You don't see them putting out mid-round draft picks that are on the roster bubble or, uh, you know, re, you know, reserves, practice squad guys. I'm telling you right now, I'm reading the tea leaves. I think Jamie and Sherwood is, is being prepped to get more playing time. He's going to have to earn. He's going to have to show up. But I think he's being prepped, and I think this is the year of Sherwood. And that's one of the, the things. I mean, there's so much, right? But uh, I'm going to go with Jamie and Sherwood, watching him steal playing time on the uh, starting defense, and we're all going to fall in love with him this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm looking forward to Sherwood. I'm looking forward to Aaron Rodgers. I think I'm looking forward to what this second year uh, draft class looks like. So that's Michael Clemens, it's Sauce, it's Garrett Wilson, it's Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. Like that, I think that more than anything, and that's kind of a cop out because it's a whole bunch of players, but I'm looking forward to it because I want to see if Brees Hall is healthy. There's a real good shot. He could be comeback player of the year this year. And then Sauce and Garrett, I mean, Garrett catching a bomb from Aaron Rodgers. The first time we see like a play action and Rodgers just lets it rip down the field. My prediction for day one of training camp on the 22nd is going to be just a first play, air it out to Garrett Wilson. This whole place is just going to go electric right off the bat. It's going to be amazing. Richie, we were talking before the stream. Richie and I are both going to the 22nd uh, training camp. So anyone, if you guys are going to let us know in the chat, let us know in the chat if you guys are going to be there for the 22nd. It was incredibly tough to get tickets for training camp. I had, like, my whole staff. It was me and my whole staff. We were, like, mashing the button <laughs> on Ticketmaster. I was like, come on, everyone. You're all taking your breaks right now. Come on in. We're going <laughs> to get jet tickets. It's happening. So uh, that's that. That's how I was able to get mine. <laughs> I had a lot of people it. all at once doing it. I was not yeah. actually – so technically the 22nd was the one. I, I was actually on my phone, and I got – there was one person in front of me on the queue. Shocked. I was like, no way. I really? had Becca trying to do it. She was like 700 and something on like one of the other days. I was you like, oh, two. man. I was two. There was one person in front of me. Yeah, I wonder oh, what yeah. I was because I I um, got tickets. Fortunate enough, I have a connect with the Jets, and they uh, gave me two VIP tickets for the Saturdays. And then Sunday I was trying to get because I'm going overnight with my dad. So we're trying to catch both practices. Mm. So we're getting a hotel over there in Jersey and staying the night Saturday night and going to both Saturday and Sundays. And it was so hard to get Sunday because I already had the hotel booked. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get Sunday. Otherwise, this hotel is going to be for nothing. So luckily I was in the queue and I was really quick on there. When did you hop on that website? Because I noticed the link went live at 930. And I went on that link around like 939 to enter the queue. And I think that's what really saved me getting on there early. Oh, no, that I tried. See, we were doing the group buy. So I tried to get in like, hey, can we get the season ticket time at 10 o'clock? They're like, no, even though you're buying so many tickets that would yeah. equate to multiple season tickets, you're not going to get the early access. I was like, all right, I see how it is, whatever. But um, no, I, I was on at so it went live for everyone else at 11. I was on there. It said get in the queue 10 minutes beforehand. So I was like in the site, like on the site, probably at like, I don't know, 1040. And then it had like a countdown for when the queue was like going to start. And then it like dropped me into it. And then it was like, Oh, one person in front of you. And I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, come on, let's go. I got so tickets for the sick. 30th too. So I'm going, I'm going the two days. I love it, man. It's going to be great. We were there last year, Pumped. Brian. That was a great time. Dude, Richie and I were walking around. I don't remember which, which training camp it was, but it, we were sitting there and we see Zach Wilson driving around <laughs> in the yeah. cart and we're like, is that 
that's Zach Wilson. Oh my God. You see all like the fans heads turn. Yeah. Cause it was like not really where the play was happening. It was when he was like, hurt. So he was driving around the cart. Yeah. Yeah. He had the bum knee from the, uh, from the Philly game. So yeah. he was just like resting on the side. That's when Gary so V was there. We were sitting in the VIP mm -hmm. section that time as well. And Gary V was right in front of us. I said, what up to Gary V and, that was a great time, man. And the buzz, and I keep coming back to this, Ryan and Green Bean. Like last year's training camp's buzz was crazy. Can you imagine what this year is going to be like? I can't. I mean, they're this excited about Zach Wilson in year two. Aaron Rodgers is going to make this place explode. You see that they got seats now, overhang. The Jets know what they're doing, man. It's going to be electric this weekend. Guys, I see you commenting in the chat. Um, our monetization actually got jacked up this week. So, uh, who was it? It was Crossfire is our only OnlyFans member. <laughs> and uh, Unfortunately, that'll kick start probably next week, if I had to guess. Um, so Super Chats are no longer working right now. But again, uh, next week. Oh, Richie, I don't know if you know this. We were talking last week. We we're trying to come up with a name for our members for our channel. And we're like bouncing things around and we have landed on OnlyFans. <laughs> so you got to subscribe to our OnlyFans to, uh, <laughs> to be a member of the channel. Um, oh, unfortunately... Yeah. No one can subscribe right this second, but we were we had a good yeah. good laugh about we're in it. The vortex, man, it's fucking crazy out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do you want to meet some lonely, miserable bastards that are also upset about things that happened with the New York Jets over the last fifty years? <laughs> meet local singles in your area. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I love it. Consistently disappoint you, even though they promised you the world. <laughs> Come to our own. <laughs> It's so good. So good. Um, all right. Uh, guys, if you want us to answer a question, drop a capital Q in the chat, both for Quinn and Williams and for uh, for the question, and then put your question after that. So that way we, we catch it and I'll throw it up on the screen. Uh, so I didn't make a slide for this, but Quinn and Williams signed. We officially have our top, you know, homegrown player. Woo yeah, I mean, last time we had one was was Muhammad Wilkerson, and that went down the tubes. Richie, do we possibly see some uh, some slipping from Quinton Williams, or you think he's going to continue on his current trajectory and uh, take flight? He is going to take flight, man. This guy is entering the prime of his career. It's not like we overpaid for a player that's at the end of his prime. He is entering that, and it's going to be really beautiful to watch. Quinn and Williams because what makes him so special is his interior pass rush ability and I think a lot of people don't realize how special it is and how rare it is to have a player of Quinn and Williams magnitude to be able to disrupt the pass rush up the middle uh, you know edge rushers are premier in this league but there are a lot of great edge rushers a lot of great pass rushers but there's only a select few that can line up on the inside and get to the quarterback as efficiently and get 12 and a half sacks like a Quinnen Williams. So I think that he is only going to get better in this system. Now that he got paid, he has that comfortability. And I think that, you know, the guys around him is going to make him even better. John Franklin Myers, Carl Lawson, you add Will McDonald. You, I mean, I can keep going about this, how deep this Jets defensive line is. They're going to keep doubling and triple teaming Quinnen Williams. And that's okay. Cause that's going to open up other guys. And Quinnen Williams is someone that's proven to be able to handle the double teams and triple teams, which I have grown to even appreciate even more. So I think he's only going to get better and is going to be the leader of this Jets defense and be the reason why this Jets defense could potentially be top three. Yeah, I said it. Ooh, Greenbean, how are you feeling about Big Q being signed finally? And where do you think his trajectory is headed? I'm right with Richie. I think he's the anti-Wilkerson. Uh, you know, <laughs> Wilkerson... Um, 
you know, I thought like, I don't know if you guys remember, but we, we had to make a decision, right? We had to eat, we had to make a decision, a choice between Wilkerson or Snacks Harrison. At the time, I was on the retained Snacks Harrison train. That, that was the, the camp I'm in. You know how we get these camps, you know, in, uh, in Jets Fanville? You know, we all have these sides. And then we argue, you're wrong, and then I'll kick your ass. And I'll meet you at the flagpole for thinking that. You know, we do all that. Like, we have the Zach Wilson people, and then everybody hates them. And, and that's how we do it. So, at the time, I was in the – I think – Snacks Harrison is more important to the team. Uh, and so, like, Wilkerson, he was good, but he never had that 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 kind of that upside that Quinnen Williams has. Quinnen Williams is, you know, bordering elite, right? I mean, he's, an, he's a first-team All-Pro, which which Wilkerson never was. Um, and, and you can just see it on him. Like, he has the potential to be in the category of the next Aaron Donald. Now, Aaron Donald is a freak, right? Like, I don't know. If anybody's going to be him for a, for a while, but um, but Quinton Williams is in that category, and and he's cut different. You know, he's gotten better every single year. He didn't have, you know, kind of a bunch of humdrum years, and then one big year, and then won his money. He's gotten better every single year, and I think that uh, he's the exact type of guy that that you want to pay. And dude, it's been a, a twelve years since we've signed one of our own draft picks. So what does that tell you about this team? Like. It, it just so happens to coincide with the 12 years that we sucked. Okay. So I want to just point that out. There's been a lot going on. Uh, now we've still been here. We've been here the whole time. We've purchased Jersey uh, jerseys during that time. We've had hopes and dreams. We've studied draft picks. We've watched college film. We've done all the things. And in that whole time, whoever was running the draft did such a piss poor job that we haven't even seen the need to sign these guys. Sure, we could have signed Jamal Adams or uh, maybe even Leo. They're they're good ball players, right? But none of them are Quinn and Williams. I think Quinn and Williams is a, is a different breed than than those guys. And I think just like Richie said, we're we're seeing a guy who's entering his prime and has already shown the NFL that uh, that he's a force. I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. And we saw last year the one game that he wasn't on the field, our defense was different. Not that it was a bad defense, but it wasn't the same defense. It, it, it wasn't quite as impactful and quite as dominant without him. And uh, and that was one game without the guy. So I think he's the exact guy to pay, and I hope that it's a sign of things to come because we do have a lot of guys, you know, uh, even like mid-round picks like a Michael Carter II, um, they're going to all deserve second contracts as well. So hopefully this is the beginning of a new trend because we've been drafting better, which, by the way, is how you actually build successful teams. I don't know. this. Richie mentioned it before. Overpaying guys at the end of their career, while it's exciting, mm-hmm. their big names and all that, it, it just doesn't work, man. <laughs> Levy on belt. I was going to say, we, I, got, I got another video queued up we Jermaine can talk Johnson. about in just a moment. <laughs> is it all Tremaine Johnson highlights? This is this is a Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the comments he made about not oh, yeah. wanting to, or like, I'm sorry he left Pittsburgh or whatever. I we'll get into that in just a second. I think the biggest takeaway for me: one, Quinnen deserves his money first and foremost. I think it's great that he got paid. I think it's the most important though that this that these young players see that the Jets are paying mm. for proven production. You act like Quinnen Williams. You play like Quinnen Williams. You get paid like Quinnen Williams. That's where Sauce, where Garrett, where Brees, where all these guys are going to be looking down the pipeline. Uh, you know, for for contracts in the future, I think 
if the, the the groundwork has been laid for how you get money from Joe Douglas, and it's not the way Jamal Adams did it, it's not the way Marcus May did it, it's clearly the Quinn and Williams path, and I think it's a big boost to interior like team morale and whatnot. And uh, I'm just glad it got done before training camp because with Revis, we saw him like kind of sluggish the beginning part of the season. He missed out on some of the conditioning aspects of it. So having Quinn in here for the entire camp and having him never have actually held out of any practices because remember the Jets canceled mandatory camp uh, a month ago because we had this week early start because of hard knocks or because of the uh, the Hall of Fame game. So very, very cool. Uh, let's jump into the comments that we were just referring to. This is Le'Veon Bell talking about leaving Pittsburgh. I never apologize to the fans for really sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologize. So I'm going to say I apologize for leaving, leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me. Le'Veon Bell, I wish you didn't leave either. <laughs> that shot us yeah. in the foot in the worst way. The worst thing that happened was you lost your offensive line, and we gave you a butt ton of money, and we got nothing for it. That was I was so hyped on Le'Veon Bell. I was really pumped that we got him, and I thought it was going to be like a great signing. This guy's an elite weapon, and then everything goes to shit. Richie, your feelings on Le'Veon Bell? Listen, man, he's the perfect example of what Green and Bean just alluded to that what this Jets team used to be known for is paying for people that hit their prime and rewarding them with their second contract for them to suck with us, right? That's basically what happened with Le'Veon Bell, and he held out a whole season for it as well. And now, I mean, what's going on around the NFL right now, fellas? There's a running back situation. There's like a big running back, like strike, whatever you want to call it. It's like something to be really uh, to keep in mind with when it comes to this uh, NFL world. But, you know, Le'Veon Bell, he, we paid him the big bucks. It wasn't going to work out. And I was, I was with you, Ryan. I can't admit it. I was so happy when we got Le'Veon. I was, like, freaking out. Like, we got Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is, like, one of my favorite players in the league with the Steelers. I just loved his game. And when he became a Jet, it just was like, let's go. You've got a running back. <laughs> thanks, Adam Gase. And thanks. But, hey, listen. What's happened's happened, and it's led us to this point. So whatever, right? Green Bean, how are you feeling about Le'Veon Bell's comments? Are you upset with them? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I can't help but take it a little personally. I know it's not that easy. You know, look, you know, of course fans are going to be better to you when you're good, right? I mean, he came here. He had a whole bunch of expectations. He talked about how great Adam Gase was as a coach. Remember uh, Adam Gase, basically, there was all that stuff about he didn't even want him. Remember all that? Like, that's how it started. It was like, yeah. <laughs> like we, we, we signed it, and we had to wait till midnight so it coincided with the dropping of his album. Or, mm -hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, like, look, I wasn't necessarily anti the signing, but I wasn't as hyped. If I, if I remember correctly, there was a very funny video of Ryan uh responding to that news i don't know if you that was that. my first that was my first live stream and i had awful audio i didn't know and i was like drinking a handle of tito's for the whole night i was like all right <laughs> here we go let's see what's gonna happen and like we see the news come holy shit i'm like dropping f-bombs and like just getting all sorts of amped up and back is like what the f just happened i was like you know, what is we this? got lady on bell she's like i don't Why know who that is like this? is that an instrument yeah. well, how does this work <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, God. 
But it's like, you know, look, you know, Le'Veon Bell, you remember the first game uh, against the Bills, which I was actually, that was my son's first ever home opener. And uh, it looked so good. We were up 16 nothing, and there was the crazy, you know, Sam Darnold, you know, kind of hail, not hail Mary, but just like hope and pray pass. A two-point conversion. And Le'Veon Bell caught it in the end zone. It was like, oh, my God, this is so great. C.J. Mosley yeah. was out of control. All these guys came in. Then he gets hurt, and Bell just never really did much else for us. Uh, after that game. And people can say it was Gase, it was the organization. I think it's more likely the combination. It was like two turds flying through the wind. It just happened to smash right above Florham Park for us. And that's kind of what we got to see. Now, if Bell went to a team that was established, you know, successful, had a system, they knew how to use them, maybe it'd be better. But it was, uh, it was, uh, it was bad. It was a bad marriage. And Gase is like historically bad terrible like like they get back yeah. on that man oh my gosh what a terrible era hey well terrible. if we didn't have adam gase we wouldn't have joe douglas so like I'm saying, as much man. as it sucks like it's kind of like a weird saving grace right everything happens for a reason smart man ryan i love it <laughs> yeah i like to say that i still think that rams win was bullshit though <laughs> could have yeah. had trevor lawrence frank gore whatever frank gore we have Freaking aaron Rodgers. screw it Braden man motherfucker <laughs> curly norman hops in he says feet picks included on the only fans um maybe you'll have to see maybe next week we'll see where that goes j boy says uh where do i send my picture of me and my wife in our talking jet shirt send them to talking jet show at gmail.com or jets talk 247 at gmail.com i'll throw it in i have to create more of like a compilation of all the people wearing the, the, the shirts and then uh we'll have that as like our sign off i have not started doing that yet so jay make sure you send it i saw you got your one of your two shirts um today or yesterday so they should be should be getting there pretty quickly uh zachary burner Hops in, says, did you see the pen for Big Q's signing? It said, bless you, thank you. Oh, it just makes me smile. I saw Schefter tweeted it out. I didn't actually click on the picture, but I'm That's I'm amazing. super pumped. I love it. That's Q. one of, the, like, the best quotes I've ever heard. It was, like, just such an innocent, like, whimsical sort of response to, nice. like, a sneeze mid, mid-interview. Richie, how you feeling about Big Q? You feel like he's just a genuine oh. guy, kid, whatever, man-child? I remember, man like, I got into so many debates with some Jets fans early in his tenure here with the Jets that were, like, calling him a bust or whatever. Mm. And, like, I just remember it, okay? I remember you guys. And, um, but person, but football player aside, his personality always loved, man. I could watch a Quinn Williams interview forever. Like, he just, I just always got a kick out of him when he was a, when he had braces when he was a rookie. Like, even to today, he always, like, just is hilarious just for being himself. Like, he's just, like, organically funny. And it's not like he's a comedian and cracking jokes. Like I just find him just hilarious. And when he's on the field, though, he's doesn't he's not that funny. I mean, he's violent. Like, did you see that Kenny Pickett quote um, about Quinn and Williams? Brian? I did not see it. What did he say? Yeah. So I think someone asked Kenny Pickett like, what what was the hardest hit that you felt as a rookie? And he's like, Quinn and Williams, no doubt. I remember getting <laughs> subbed in, and I just they ran a twist. Uh, or a stunt, and Quinn Williams hit me underneath the chin, and I got up, and that was the hardest I've ever been hit in my entire life, and I was laughing, like he was laughing because of like how hard he got hit, and he was like, "Well, that was my that was his welcome to the NFL moment." Because remember that was his debut that game. Sure. 
That's awesome. I my favorite hit from Quinn Williams is still the stiff arm where he planted Tyreek six feet under. Oh, That's yeah. like oh going to go down as one of my favorite plays. It's the best. Yeah, that that was a great quote from Pickett. He said, you know, he's like, look, I've been hit and hit my head on the pavement. I'm not pavement, um, the the field. <laughs> he's like, and all that kind of stuff. But as far as like the hit itself, he's like, Quinn Williams' hit was brutal. Yeah, and then they showed the clip. He actually looked over. He was like laughing. He's like, holy cow, man. Like, Jesus, you fucking rocked me, man. But, yeah, that's the good stuff. And how about there's a there's a funny um, uh, picture of Quinn and, you know, it's out there on the Internet. You can find it of Quinn and Sack and Aaron Rodgers. And his Aaron Rodgers' eyes, I mean, he looks like he's in outer space. And it's just such a great thing. I'm telling you, man, having a guy like that, Richie mentioned it earlier, I think, you know, there are edge rushers and all that. But having a guy, maybe it was you, Ryan, I forget. But, uh, you know, that if you can get genuine pressure, not like coverage pressure, you know, the you know, the the line breaks down, but somebody who can bust through the line right in the quarterback's face. That is so incredibly impactful because they you know, they don't it's like all of a sudden there's a monster in their face and how they you know, they have to panic and get hit like that. It takes them by surprise, man. And you can see it like, you know, with Quinn and Williams, he gets right through. He's a slithery mofo. And, uh, you know, I, I just I'm telling I couldn't be more excited for him. I, I love Quinn and Williams. And again, I'm trying to buy his jersey. I haven't, I haven't purchased a Jets jersey of an active player in a long time for, for my for, for myself even longer. I mean, I can't even remember the last one. Maybe it was Pennington, Keyshawn, like something like that. I just I'm tired of buying jerseys. And then, you know, a year later, they're gone or whatever. So I said second contract. I'm going to do it. And Quinn, I think Quinn might be my favorite player on the Jets. I think so. Um, I love Garrett Wilson, though, too. I mean, I, there's so many players to love right now. But I think Quinn's my guy. But I want to buy his jersey. And, uh, and I can't. So it's crazy. You know what I'm yeah, going to do? Yeah, you know why that is, right? I'm doing a Quinn Williams jersey giveaway. And well, like I, I went to go announce a winner. And I'm like, holy shit, it's completely sold out. I can't, I can't give away a jersey. So oh, I gotta you didn't wait. buy it yet? No, no, you got to do the, the custom the size one. of the winner. The, the custom the one's like twenty one. or forty dollars more. That's I guarantee. That's why they're doing it. Get a few yeah, extra. I'm gonna do the custom one. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna end up doing oh, yeah, it. Because like, here's one. the thing, right? Like, yes, I can go to DH Gate or whatever. Which, by the way, DH Gate for, for whatever they are, they they have weird seams. You ever see their seams? It's like oh, I could show you all of them. I got I got like five in my closet right now from yeah. like the other teams. <laughs> they are not great quality. <laughs> they are very like yeah. you know, like, and, and it's, it, it's fine. You know, you're gonna wear if you wear you know wear it a couple times a year. Like we wear our jerseys on Sundays. I don't wear my jersey out and about much anymore. I, I don't live up there, so there's that. But, uh, you know, I think like this, it's like I, I say it all the time, like when like I refuse to even buy a hat from the Jets when Gase was the coach. I'm not doing it. I won't <laughs> give you fourteen ninety five. dude. I won't do it. You fired Gase. You, the day they fired Gase, I went and bought some Jets gear. All right. I'm good. You just paid Quinnen. I know my measly one hundred and eighty five, two hundred and twenty, whatever the hell it might be, is a drop in the bucket. I know that. But I'm still the it's the token, you know, like you just signed the player I wanted you to sign. You signed them before training camp. You you know, it's a great contract. I'm excited about it. You get my money. I'm going to make sure that I that it goes to the Jets. So that's just how I think. I don't judge anybody for thinking. Otherwise, I have no issues any which way about it. 
But for me, I want to give it to them and I can't because I got I got to be creative and make my own jersey. Thing is, I wanted to buy like the good one. You know how they have like the tiers of mm. jerseys, like all the different. Not that I know what the hell it is, uh, but I want to buy the good one. The one that will last. The good the ones are never available. They're never available. It's bullshit. Like, I think what's interesting is the whole situation with Quinnen was almost like the, hey, don't cash this check today, cash it tomorrow, because we had to wait till we got hard knocks. The money's coming in. Now they're like, all right, now let's get Quinnen Williams. <laughs> they're putting it all together now. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. We were going to sign Quinnen regardless. But I like that we didn't have to see it on, or, or I like that the Jets aren't allowing it to happen via hard knocks. It's going to happen via one Jets drive yeah. instead. Nice little middle finger to the league. They're, they're like there that. today probably for the pencil, uh, pen on the paper too. Oh, for sure. Cameras. Jets fan forever comes in and says, hey, Ryan, how do you see us faring against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? I said this last year, and I'll say it again. I think this defense can play with any team in the NFL. If our offense can match the points that are being uh, put up against the other, like that are getting put up against us, then I think we can go toe-to-toe with any team. And I do think the Jets can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs as long as you know, we have our healthy complement of, of players. I think us at our best, Chiefs at their best, I think the Jets can win this game. Now, obviously, you have to go out and prove it because we haven't done anything. There's just a, this extra level of confidence <laughs> that I have, which That's is totally unfounded. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's justified. I like to believe it it's is. justified. But <laughs> like, I, I think the Jets can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. I don't I don't think we deserve to be any sort of favorite in that game, but I don't think the spread should be bigger than, you know, maybe six and a half because it's a road game for us. What so maybe three there's and like, at that time, Ryan, though. That's true. If we're three and oh, and like the Chiefs are like <laughs> one and two or something like that, uh, going into Arrowhead, make me feel did good. You, uh, Richie, how are you feeling you, about that? Did you guys game? watch Quarterback on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet. How many episodes are there? It's on Netflix, Eight. right? Eight episodes. Yeah. I'm, I saw the I'm Kirk like, Cousins clip. With like the, I'm like halfway through it right now, and like the reason why I'm bringing it up is because Mahomes is featured mm-hmm. on it, obviously. So you just you're getting another side of the Chiefs from mm-hmm. that show. What a fantastic show! I mean, we're talking about Hard Knocks, we're talking about One Jets Drive. This Netflix show is fucking amazing. Like it really puts you in the quarterback's eyes of what it's like, and it's such a perfect trio. Like Mahomes, the superstar that he is, Kirk Cousins, the like you know above average quarterback who you gain a respect for for his toughness you'll see why when you watch it and then it's just mariota who it's like i mean come on who really cares about the different tiers yeah it's tears which is hilarious but um yeah the reason why i bring that up is because we're talking about the chiefs but i think it's going to be hard to beat mahomes i mean mahomes is a special talent i've been a fan of his ever since he entered the league he just carries himself with a different swag i also love that he comes from a baseball background and because i'm a big baseball guy myself so i always like admired him to play the quarterback position like a shortstop so it's going to be tough man this Jets team like you said Ryan it's not going to be more or less stopping Mahomes because that's impossible it's going to be can our offense uh, match what Mahomes does and we got Aaron Rodgers who is arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL so it's possible Greenby what about you how you feeling about this Chiefs matchup we're gonna we're gonna destroy the Chiefs (laughs) confidence I'm serious I'm I'm telling you, man, we're going to do it. I I will say this. I'm uh, I I just uh, did episode one of quarterback. Um, You know, it's like, it's tough for me. I got to like re it's weird in my brain. Like I, 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 if it's jets, I suck it up. You know what I mean? But like when it with with other things, when they're focused, like some in-depth look on, on Marcus Mariota, I'm like, "Ah, it's tough for me to kind of tough. 
you know, but it's it's fascinating. It's it's interesting. I, and then I was like, all right, let me see how crazy Mahomes' wife really is. I'm curious about that. You know, want to see how that relationship really is. Um, but yeah, it's it's done well, and it's an inside look on things that you don't really get to see all the time. So I think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I you know the more football, the better, man. But uh, as far as our game against the Chiefs. I think it's high time that uh, you know a team comes up and uh, and and lumps them up, you know, mid-season. I think it's going to be us. I think we're going to pop their lips and make them uh, walk away saying, "What the hell just happened? What what was that? Well, how did we get beat so bad by the Jets?" Well, because they're not the Jets that you know, and I think we're going to do that a lot this year. Cannot wait to crush that narrative. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> Tigo hops in. Tigo says, who's the next free agent joining this team not named Cook, and why is the player you picked an interior defensive lineman? It's not an interior defensive lineman for me. Okay. It's going to be... I, I keep going back to Quan. I, I still want Quan to sign at some point, and I'm like hoping it happens. Um, I'd like to see someone in either like the safety linebacker type realm, I think, more than anything. Um, offensive line is like as squirrely as I am on it. I don't know if we're going to find like a starter more than what we currently have right now, uh, between now and like the end of camp. So I, I think it's more likely we get a starter on the defensive side of the ball. So Quan will be my answer. Richie, what are you thinking as far as potential free agents joining the Jets? Yeah, you know, besides Dalvin Cook, besides Quan Alexander, it's really tough to really predict that because there's not really anybody on the market that the Jets are interested in or anyone that i see i'm sure there's someone that the jets are going to sign that no one really expects but to what you got to look out for which is impossible to predict is who the jets are going to claim in the waiver wire after the 53 mm -hmm. men cuts because that has been such an underrated piece of joe douglas's construction of this jets roster i mean you look at all the waiver wires that he's done these past years some of them are not on the team anymore but braxton barrios i mean i know that things didn't end up well after that contract extension but he was an old freaking pro. Uh, we got yeah. Quincy Williams from there. We got John Franklin Myers who got extended. You know, Ty Johnson provide depth at the running back position. And, you know, just little things like the waiver wire claims for Joe Douglas really impresses me. So I'm excited to see who he claims this year. Yeah, I, you, you bring up a good point because the waiver wire is such an under emphasized part of of the gm's duty like everyone was looking at joe douglas and they, he, they were criticizing his first draft class his second draft class it's like well hold on his job is to acquire talent and you look at how he acquired talent through trade through free agency through the draft through waiver wire pickups and i, I think that's really impressive and you look at where rosters are right now they're like you're sitting around 100 players per team that's going to get cut down to like 53 to like 60 including practice squad so there's gonna be a lot of players hitting the market at some point this offseason Greenbean, any free agent out there that you're kind of keeping an eye on or that you were hoping that the Jets might sign? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I, you know what? I, I would like to see, you know, I'm real curious to see who we end up. I'm, I'm more curious to see who we end up losing, right? Like last year, we ended up having the most waiver claims, which, by the way, like you said, is another interesting nugget on how well the general manager is doing, right? Like, we in in years past, you know, we've had our general manager literally call the waiver day, waiver cuts, the mini draft. Like that's how poorly we drafted. You know, it's like you know we need talent, so we're looking at waiver cuts. The teams, you know, that you know the teams cutting guys on the bottom, and we're looking at that as a way to mini draft and get more talent because that's how you know kind of difficult it was for us to build a quality roster up and down. 
And you saw it on Hard Knocks. You know, they talked uh, just on the, you know, in the 2010 Hard Knocks. It's every episode they mention if our starters go down, we're in trouble. Like our number twos and threes are, are, are not good. You know, like we were not like we had talent, a lot of talent up top. We had zero depth. And that's what you see changing around here. So, like, it all depends on 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 who we like. And, and you know, I mean, like, when I look at it, I look at running back. Sure, Dalvin Cook's exciting. Everybody's talking about trading for Josh Jacobs. And, eh, okay, yeah, I mean, that's all exciting, big names, fun guys. But when you look at our roster, it's like I happen to like our running back stable. We have a young stable, a lot of, you know, maybe not proven guys, and that can be risky. The same thing, like, with the tight ends, it's like, you know, we have tight ends. I don't want to lose. You know, I mean, these guys, you know, even down to our seventh round pick uh, this year in Koontz, it's like I'd like to see that guy on the team for a minute and be able to kind of develop and see what he can become. And there's a good chance that somebody else will pluck him, you know, or, or a Yaboa. Or, I mean, we have, you know, Ruckert and Uzoma and Conklin and, and Yaboa and Koontz, and then we have a fullback. And people are like, yeah, we're going to keep six wide receivers and – Ed Cook, and we can still keep Bam Knight and Izzy and fucking five running backs and five. Like it doesn't. It's not real. Like we have we we can't do all that. So I'm more a fan of seeing these guys that that we've collected and that we've drafted and we've been developing for one or two years. Kind of seeing this whole process play out. I know the fear a lot of you know a lot of the time, especially right now, is. Well, if we have Rodgers for one year and there's all this stuff coming out that he gave us a three-year commitment, which is fantastic, which, by the way, I said it right from day one, he's going to be here three years. Uh, not that I knew anything. It's just a guess. But that's uh, – I'll see if I was right. But if it is one year with Aaron Rodgers, it's concerning to kind of put faith in unproven guys. And I understand that. At the same time, I'm more excited for the Izzies, for the Bam Knights, for the – you know, even, you know, Michael Carter, you know, he had a down year last year. Let's see what he can, you know, do coming back with a, an established offensive coordinator and a real quarterback so they can't stack the box. All those kinds of things. And the same thing goes for, you know, I th- you know Sherwood, Tony Adams, those types of guys. Uh, seeing what we have there and kind of folding these young, athletic and hungry players into a team that's packed full of all pros and Pro Bowl level talent vets all over the place. Uh, I think that would be more the route that I want to go rather than, you know, going out there and trying to, you know, jam these, you know, shoehorn these guys onto the roster and pay them big money or even trade draft assets for, I don't know. It's, I'm not necessarily against it, but um, I really like, I'd like to go into training camp and see what these, see what these young guys have. I got to talk for one second. Where the hell did this Josh Jacobs rumor come from? Because someone's a really dumb, you know what? <laughs> There's no way the Jets are trading for a franchise I'll tag tell you player. Where it comes from Ryan? Where it, it drives me crazy. I mean, this is the today's world of sports media. I've noticed hmm. it came from literally a hypothetical article that this guy created. Hypothetical yeah. trades. He's creating them out of thin air, and then it sparks conversation. Oh, the Jets, Josh Jacobs? No, there's no rumors. That's actually factual about that it's a guy who works for bleacher report and the boss told him hey you got to think of something he's like i'll do you know 10 hypothetical trades i can see well one of them hmm, josh jacobs jets that makes sense and then it turns into a rumor 
So stupid. That, like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm not making a video about that. I'm not justifying this. This is such <laughs> bullshit. Like, Dang, there's no way. You got Brees Hall. You got all these freaking running backs. You're talking about trading for a franchise tag running back? Oh, get me hot and you bothered. You can sell me on the Dalvin Cook situation, but Josh sure. Jacobs is different. Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, like any one of those three over Josh Jacobs. I'm not trading for a franchise tag player. Not happening. Ugh. I do want to uh, bring up something, maybe, maybe my own topic. Of Go for it. Jets, since we're on the topic of Joe Douglas. Um, something came to my attention on Twitter today, and I quote tweeted it after doing some research, and I posted it on all over my social medias because I thought it was really cool to kind of bring this to the surface. Um, I don't know if you have access to my Twitter so you can see it for yourself, but basically somebody tweeted a photo of the Jets' reveal, the grand reveal of their new uniforms. And it was a picture of all the Jets at that time. Leonard Williams, Avery Williamson, Chris Herndon, Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams, Quincy Williams. I'm excuse me, uh, Quincy Inunua, shout out, legend. And then Robbie Anderson. And the <laughs> caption was, Joe Douglas really flipped this into a Super Bowl contender. So, like, that sparked me to really do some research. Like, okay, what are the draft picks that we got? Like, I'm really curious. So I did the research. And Joe Douglas traded five players. Jamal Adams, Sam Darnold, Leonard Williams, Avery Williamson, and Chris Herndon. He traded those five players for, listen to this, two first-round picks, one second I'll do you one pick. better. I'll pull it up while you're, yeah, while you're talking about it. Keep, keep going. Keep going. So two first-round picks, one second-round pick, two third-round picks, one fourth-round pick, three-fifths, and two-sixths. And this is just an entire – draft class and we already saw him make these picks you know guys like garrett wilson elijah vera tucker we're talking about Brees hall those three players are jets because of the flippage of those players so my point is joe douglas came here and inherited those that mess i mean those are our five stars those are the stars of the jets at that time and he got that mess and he flipped it into so much assets in order to build his team his way and now we're seeing it all come to fruition. It takes time, right? It takes time. And it's been a little bit. It's been three to four years since that picture has been taken. And it's pretty darn cool. And obviously, Douglas isn't perfect. The Zach Wilson pick is going to hang over his head. But I think that what Joe Douglas has done to get 11 total draft picks from five players, especially those five players that are pretty garbage, if we're being honest yeah, yeah. here, like, it's remarkable. So the next step, which is I, if you scroll down, you'll see the tweet underneath that. I said the next step to really start praising Joe Douglas is simple. Win. That's it. Now you got to win because we're praising things on paper and we haven't saw it winning yet. So it's fun to do these things in the offseason that we all do and I do, uh, of course. But the next step is to win. Then we can really say, okay, Joe Douglas, you are a magician. Right. Yeah. It's incredible what he's been able to do with just like the, the, the flaming pile of contracts and like you know draft picks and whatnot and he's like all right yeah let's just rip the cupboard apart let's let's restock it with all the toys i want minus cj mosley he's still hanging around he's that leftover bottle of like that, that condiment that you don't use that doesn't expire for a really long time that's cj mosley right now he's sitting in ketchup. our cupboard ketchup yeah ketchup doesn't go bad right it's like a twinkie it shouldn't. i don't think yeah, it should. how could it it's got it's got uh you know 650 grams of sugar in it sugar doesn't go bad you know that <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, I mean, the one thing Mike McKenna did do for us is he gave us Quinn Williams, and I know the contract for C.J. Mosley is grand, but C.J. Mosley, I mean, he's a big freaking piece of this defense, so I'm thankful yeah. for him. 
I'm shocked. I like, I'm really happy with how CJ Mosley played last year. Cause I thought there was no way at the beginning of last season that CJ would be on this team, you know, at the end of last season, I was like, there's no way they're going to carry that contract. And then now it's like, well, I kind of would like him to stay beyond this year. Like if they could drop his cap hit by a lot more, like let's say, I don't know what, how much money he's getting paid this year. I think his cap hits like 21 million or something silly, but like if you can give him, hey, we'll give you guaranteed money, but we're going to stretch it over these next two or three years, and we're going to drop your cap hit this year, that would be something I'd, I'd kind of sign up for. Keep the, the defensive veteran leader on that side of the ball. Um, I mean, I guess you don't want to push too much money into the future, but I, I'm glad C.J. Mosley's here for, for sure. Agree. Uh, Ryder and yeah, Talon's even, PA says, well, who will lead like, the Jets and Sacks this year? Greenbean, I'll throw that to you first. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was too busy talking to myself. What's so, up? My bad. Sorry. What's Who's going to lead the Jets in sacks this year? Who's going to lead the Jets in sacks? Will McDonald, of course. That's what's going to happen. You're going to see he's going to get 19 sacks. That's what's going to Wouldn't that be I love amazing the enthusiasm. to see him come out of the gate and just uh, just tear it up from the wide nine? Oh, that'd be so good. I, I think nine. it'll probably – I think realistically it could be uh, Carl Lawson. I think Carl Lawson mm-hmm. – is uh primed man you know we saw it last year i mean his his impact was was undeniable um but he was coming off the injury so first year really playing in the defense like we we don't talk about that enough man like this is a lot of these guys now it's their second and third year in the defense but more so it's playing together right like you know the sauces and the dj reeds and the carl lawson's and like they're all playing together now uh, for the second year. This is what, you know, we saw up in Buffalo. I mean, they were able to keep the really in large part, the core of their defense together. Of course, every year they would add players and stuff via the draft or what have you, but the core of their defense was together for six years. They're just starting to lose guys. Now, uh, last year, they lost, um, a couple, they lost Edmonds this year. Right. So, um, it's just now starting to break apart, but for five and six years, those that you know that defense stayed together and that's when you start to see leading the league in takeaways and and all that kind of stuff because it's second nature to them they're flowing in the defense they're not thinking and all that jazz and we never get to see that we have coaches for five minutes they switch you know players are here for one and two years and then they're gone or you know so it we're finally able to see this kind of uh you know the we kept not, you know, i mean who who we lose we lost sheldon Rankins and Nathan Shepard, and we replaced them with Al Woods and and Jefferson. Uh, You know, it's like everybody else is here. You know, we kept everybody together. We all thought we were going to lose Carl Lawson or C.J. Mosley because of the non-guaranteed money and all the and and they're you know kind of elevated contracts. All of going into the offseason, nine out of ten opinions were at least one of those guys was going to be gone, and uh, none of them are gone. And I think that's amazing. We saw a lot of restructuring. So I think Carl Lawson, interestingly enough, this year, I think because of the Aaron Rodgers impact and all the primetime games and the Sauce Gardner kind of, you know, emerging star, Quinn and Williams, I think we're going to see a few more calls when Carl Lawson's getting clotheslined around the neck, which we saw every single week without a flag. I think the Jets are going to start getting those calls. It's funny. I say this stuff and people, oh, you're, that's why you think you're going to do good. You think, you know, you're, you're depending on refs, penalties. 
It's like, no, no, no. I'm just depending on a game being called fairly. That's all I want to see is when you're, when you're, pulling on someone's neck from behind as he's trying to chase your quarterback and there's no flag. I call bullshit on that. I think that's how about a roughing call. We didn't get one all of last year. (laughs) That's just like a statistical anomaly. I mean, in this, in this day and age, crazy. It's crazy. The only team in the league, like, look, you can say what you want about, ah, all fans think their teams don't dude. We didn't draw one roughing the passer penalty and our quarterbacks were mauled. All year we couldn't get one, and then JFM pushes uh, whoever, you know, uh, uh, fucking uh, Mac, Jones. Mac Jones sneezes on him. While Michael Carr the seconds eighty yards down the sideline. Dude, that game was ours. That game was a turning point of the season, but I'm reliving yeah, a nightmare. And that play was a turning point in the game. It's it's really true. Yeah, I and, know. Uh, so, Sad. so I think you know, with the Jets having a little bit more of a spotlight on them. I think uh, our players, because because we're not punks, right? We're not a bunch of loudmouth, dirty players or anything. We're a we're a collection of high character guys, and I think as the focus gets put on this team, and uh, we're genuinely beating the guy in front of them, they're gonna we're gonna see some more of those calls. And I think if the offensive tackle knows that they can't hold Carl Loss on every play, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a beast. I think realistically, he could be the sack leader on the Jets. I agree. Carl Lawson's my vote. Richie, where are you going with this? Yeah, I could definitely see Carl Lawson being the guy, but I'm going with the same guy who was the leading sack leader last year. I think he's going to run it back, and we were just talking about him earlier. Big Q, baby. I think Quinton Williams with double-digit sacks again, 12.5 last year as a defensive tackle, I think he's going to top that or match it. Um, And, hey, if Carl Lawson has 15 to Quinton's 13, sign me up. I won't complain. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm going to run it back with Quinton. Well, dude, talk about like last year we we didn't have an offense to generate a pass rush for our defense because like if we're scoring dude. points now, other teams have to throw on us. Last year they had teams running on us all the time because we just did not have to force them into bad Hard downs to. and distances. Now we sort of saw a glimpse of what our defense is going to look like. That was more so because of some fluky things that happened at the beginning part of the season, playing some backup quarterbacks, situations like that. But that is the formula. That's that's why you have the pass rushers up front to generate the pressure. That's why you have lanky guys like Sauce Gardner in the secondary to take advantage of like wildly thrown balls. They're gonna, you're going to see turnovers more this year, similar to the beginning of last year because of the offensive side of the ball this year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Did you, by any chance, see Jeff Ulbrich meant to talk about that on the uh, Jets podcast with Eric Allen? Because he literally broke that down. I did not. I've been saying that, yeah. <laughs> saying that since last you, season. <laughs> it's crazy because Jeff Ulbrich, it was funny because if you watch it, he was trying so hard to say it in a nice way and not take shots at the offense for sucking. Mm. But he was basically saying, like, this year with a good offense, like, it's going to put pressure on the opposing offense to actually be more aggressive on us. And and the truth be told, at the end of the season last year, we saw a huge decline in what? Jets takeaways, right? Jets forcing takeaways. And a big reason for that wasn't because the Jets' defense started to stink. A lot of it had to do with because opposing offenses were so confident to shut down our offense that they did not have to be aggressive and just run the ball get into field goal range, kick three points, and beat us 3 nothing because we're not going to score anything. So now, if the Jets are going to put up points that we're expecting with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, we're going to be having a lead, it's going to force opponents to really start airing it out, which is going to create more opportunities 
for Sauce Gardner to get more interceptions, for the entire team to get more takeaways, for the pass rush to get home, and for more defensive plays to happen. And I think that's something that us Jets fans should get really excited about because not only us fans are aware of it, the damn defensive coordinator is aware of it. That tells you that oh, yeah. this team is going to look forward to those moments. Well, it's a lot harder to get a fumble recovery than it is an interception. So you get the other team throwing the ball a little bit more, make a few more mistakes. I like it. I need a couple pick sixes and a couple fumble sixes. I don't even know. Like, we need to turn into the 49ers from last year. Defensively. Yeah, Scott jumps in. Scott says, has anybody heard more about Rodgers' contract being three years? Is it true? Um I get the feeling that they're going to restructure Rodgers this year and it's still going to look like a two-year contract. And then after the season, they're going to have this epiphany and it's going to be, oh, Rodgers wants to commit for two more seasons. You know, now we're going to trade Zach Wilson, not because he sucks, but because we have a Hall of Fame quarterback that wants to stay on the team for the next two years. I think that's kind of how this contract situation is going to play out. That's, that'll give the Jets the best possible return for Zach Wilson. Um, now, that's if anyone does ultimately want to trade for him, but I do think we're going to try and fluff his trade value in the preseason. We're going to talk him up a lot throughout the season and just kind of see where it goes. I mean, obviously, they're going to try and develop him as best they can, but I think there's a really good shot we have Rodgers for three seasons. Richie, your thoughts? Dude, if we get Rodgers for three seasons, like, he's retiring to Jet, okay? Sorry, Green Bay. I don't care about the 18 years. Like, he's going to give us two Super Bowls, and Aaron Rodgers is going into the Hall of Fame as a New York Jets freaking quarterback, and it's going to be the greatest time of our Jets fandom life. And, like, uh, you know my buddy Jack, he, him and I were making a joke, like, complete joke. Don't take this serious. But we're like, dude, the Jets win a Super Bowl? I'm retiring from being a Jets fan. Retiring from Jets media, hanging up the cleats, guys. It was awesome. I am done with this because then it's going to be – and we just made a funny joke how like how content it would be. Like they could suck for the rest of my life as long as we get that one Super Bowl. We'll be happy. Now would you – so I guess here here's the, the conundrum, right? Like is the Super Bowl more important? Would you rather have – I can't do the would you rather have because you obviously want a Super Bowl. But if you had like let, – let's say you get one Super Bowl this year. Would you rather have the next 10 years, no Super Bowl, competent play, or would you rather a second Super Bowl within those 10 years, but the rest of the years are like dog shit? What would you prefer? Second Super Bowl. Oh, For me. Man, I don't know. I think I want because one in all about like the 10 rings, years of man. success. <laughs> I want to watch deep I'm playoff learning, runs. Man. Like, for example, who the fuck cares about what the Buffalo Bills has done in these past few years? <laughs> Who cares? Ah, Who cares? That's right. Lay, out, lay it out there, Richie. No one I'm gives with. a shit about what the Buffalo Bills has done. They won three straight division titles and lost every time in the playoffs. No one's talking about them. So I want to be known in history, two-time Super Bowl champs while I'm alive. Well, it'll be three-time, obviously, but uh, two-time while I'm alive. See, it's going to be great. We win two Super Bowls. Rodgers is definitely retiring a jet. Fuck That's Green Bay. Insane. I mean, I, and now we're getting ahead of ourselves. Give me one. Okay. I know, right. We're talking about two. We haven't even got one. <laughs> yeah. Green Bean, your thoughts. We get a quarterback that makes it through the season. That doesn't happen here. Let's see if we do <laughs> well this year. But I'm with you. I like the idea. I always thought, you know, again, just my own thoughts. I thought there's no way that the Jets are doing all this for one year. There's just no way. They have some sort of agreement with him. An understanding 
Um, and that's the whole thing. It, it, it makes the, you know, the trade significantly different if he's here for three years. Everybody's looking at it as a one-year rental kind of a thing. Which, look, even if we get a Super Bowl out of a one-year rental, it's still worth it because, shit, man, my entire life I haven't seen one. So, you know, it, no matter what you got to pay to get one, I don't really care. Just just get us there so we can have some fun. But um, if we get him for three years and we do get a, you know, a ring or two, but like a ring and competitive football for this next you know foreseeable future would be well, well worth it, in my opinion. And uh, I have to admit, uh, while, uh, you know, I'm not uh, hoping for anybody to lose any marriages or any of their kids to have bad school grades, but I'm really hoping Jordan Love sucks ass on top of Aaron Rodgers being great here, too. I, I want him to fail almost as much as I want, like, the Bills or the Dolphins or the Pats. to Like, it is – I mean, the way Green Bay fans have kind of infiltrated and, and uh, you know, just been douchey throughout this whole process like they kind of oh, i've seen a bunch stuff. of like good good green yeah bay i was about to ask you here. green bean i, I kind of wanted to ask you what are your thoughts oh. of the green bay packers fans that are like rooting hard for the jets this year because of aaron Rodgers? There's yeah a lot they're, of they're out yeah they're they're too good Whatever. you welcome I think them that... or you're like fuck off to them come on in um, baby plenty of yeah, room on this like bandwagon that. As long as they're not the guys taking up everybody's training camp tickets, so so you can't get in, you know what I mean. So real Jets fans can't get in. But no, nah, yeah, I mean whatever. But I mean, look, we've never, I've never had a player for eighteen years, so I don't know how I, except for Pat Leahy, so our kicker in the seventies, you know, eighties and nineties or whatever. Um, but like, we don't, I don't know what that feels like. So I mean, if they don't want to let go of him and they want to see him succeed, that's foreign to me. As soon as the Jets get rid of a player, he becomes. Public enemy number one. The only one I think I might root for is Mimsy. That's it. When we if we get rid of him, I'm gonna I'm gonna want Mimsy to do okay out there. But generally speaking, like when you know, remember when we got rid of Sam Darnold and there were all those fans like rooting for Sam to fail and they wanted him to. I'm mm -hmm. sorry to do well and they wanted him to succeed just to show the Jets that they made a mistake. Like that's not me, man. Sam was gone. I hate Sam. You know what I mean? Like that's the way it is on the field for me. As a fan, again, not in their personal. Sam also life. didn't give us anything, so you're right for that. Yeah, so you know, but uh, so I don't know. Maybe if we had a guy for 18 years and the and the team traded him, maybe I'd go root for him. So I don't have any issue with that. I don't know about you guys, but especially that first wave of time, you know, you know, before the trade and around the when the trade happened, I saw more Green Bay fans being douchey on Twitter on sure. Jets Twitter than, than positive, you know, Hey, good, you know, good luck guys. I saw some of that. And on my streams, I've seen some guys come in and say, Hey, you know, he's good. You're going to like, you know, stuff like that. But I saw a lot more of the negative stuff. So I'm really rooting. I want this trade to be good on numerous tiers, not just us to win. I want them to fail. That's where the real juice is. You know what I mean? You bite deep into the plum. That's where it mm. is. You know what Jamie I want comes you to rub into Packers fans, Green Bean? I want to purchase the first round pick of the 32nd draft by the Green Bay Packers next year. That jersey, I'm buying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be great. Hanging up That's in the back. I got, my, know. I got my cheese head in the back back there. It's, it's getting turned into a pepperoni slice of cheese pizza. Did you already look happen. at it? New York doing that? I, I haven't said – well, I think I've said I'm going to do it. I just haven't cut out the red circles to put on it yet. 
I'm just, I'm Let not an arts you, and crafts guy. I went, I went as far as to price, even through uh, Alibaba. And, and I have some guys I know that do that. Dude, it's, it's not, it's really tough. I, I wanted to see if we could make those things. But, oh, uh, dude, I reached out cheap. to the, I reached out to like cheesehead.com or wherever I got the cheesehead. I was like, hey, I got an idea. I don't know if you want to do it because it's, you know, not cheesehead, but it's an Aaron Rodgers thing. Radio silence, nothing. They're like, yeah, nothing. it's a great idea. Thanks for giving it to us. It's now patented and, and yeah, uh, boom, boom, boom. Copyright Screw and you. ours. That's right. Oh, yeah. Jamie hops in. Jamie says, what do the bills and weed have in common? They both get smoked in bowls. Ha ha. <laughs> That's wonderful, Jamie. <laughs> I love it. Greg hops in. Greg says, who do you think is going to be our number two best running back this season? He says, Izzy. I'm going to say we get a bounce back year from Michael Carter. That's what I want to see. I like no. That's no disrespect to Bam or Izzy. I think they're both going to be really, really fun to watch. But I want to see Carter come back. He's the voice in the locker room. That's the guy that I'm hoping can kind of have a rebound season this year more than anyone. Cause like personality wise, I really like him too. So I just want it to like go back to the norm. That was his rookie year and not what we saw out of him last year. Richie, what do you think? Number two running back. Um, I think with or without Dalvin cook, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough. Michael Carter is, it's interesting. Cause is he, I don't want to compare him to Brees, but he has that home run hitting potential. And basically what that means is he has the ability to take it the distance anytime he touches the football, something that Michael Carter does not have. Uh, but my, what Michael Carter does have that I like is ability to make people miss in the open field, break tackles, stay balanced, pick up those first downs, be a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Like he brings different elements to the game, which I think complements Brees Hall. Is he kind of feels like another version of Brees Hall, not as explosive and not as talented, obviously. But I think Izzy has a really good chance to fight for that running back two spot. Uh, but I do think, you know, some people are for sleeping on Michael Carter. And I think the sophomore slump is going to get to him and, and to really prove people that he is still his beast. Because don't forget, I mean, Michael Carter as a rookie was damn slippery. I mean, he was awesome to watch. And and I think that he has a really good chance to be that number two running back. And, and just know that with Hackett, I don't think it's going to be like a running back one, two, or three. I really think it's going to be a committee where it's going to be split and they're just going to ride with the hot hand. Grimby, what about you? Who's running back two? Michael Carter all day. Uh, and I'm excited about Izzy. And, like, you know, like we'll see what happens if the Jets bring in, you know, a vet running back, you know, for just as an example, a Dalvin Cook or something. We'll see how that goes. But I also like Bam Knight. Um, I, dude, we can't forget, like, everybody's talking about this, this uh, you know, the Jets running back showed that they didn't have the juice at the end of the year. We talked about it. Like, there was no quarterback. Hold on. God bless you. It's gone now, isn't himself. it? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, All right. Quinnen. <laughs> bless you. Thank you. <laughs> thank me. Thank me. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Michael Carter, uh, you know, he he showed us. I mean, going into the draft when we took Brees, more Jets fans than not didn't even want to draft the running back. They were like, that's nuts. We have Michael Carter. What's going on? Like, we forget, like, how, you know, just how good the guy was. And he's had no quarterback to pull that attention away from the running game. We saw the last five, six games of the year, man, there were eight. And so we were counting them during the live streams. There were nine. They had nine in the box. They were going straight, man. And they were just stop the running game. Zach Wilson sucks. 
He can't even hit screens. You don't have to worry about him. Just stick with your guy. If the boy, if the boy, it's not even going to get to the guy. It's more likely to be a pick than it is, uh, you know, an actual completion. So, you know, dude, that's what they did. And, and then add to that all the offensive line issues that we had by that, you know, the last few weeks of the year, we were, you know, we had guys, you know, we, you know, that shouldn't have been starting. Let's just say that we, we signed guys mid season and they were starting, whether it was a Bouye and then he got hurt or Dr. Blocker or all these guys, you know, we were a hodgepodge. So the line did okay considering, but they were certainly not an offensive line that can overcome eight or nine in the box and, and open up running lanes, uh, you know, lanes with, especially with no real quarterback uh, to worry about. So, I think our running backs are good, and I think Michael Carter is is gearing up for a a true comeback season. If Brees is healthy, he's going to be the guy, but Michael Carter is going to be number two, in my opinion. I love it. Uh, yeah, I want to slip Burnham. in there real quick. Even if we get Dalvin Cook, Michael Carter is still going to have a role with this team. I Now, Richie, do you want to see Dalvin Cook sign here? Is that like – I, I like am excited about Dalvin Cook. I would love to see him here. I think he's just using us to get more money out of Miami, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're used to that. Um, it's happened before. You know, the thing I, I view as Dalvin Cook is it's more of a luxury than a need. But if we do get him, holy shit, is this team loaded? I mean, I'm just looking at it as this is a you know us as a Jets fans, we're kind of just accustomed to loving our young players and just getting obsessed with the potential. But I think we have to get over the fact that this is a different era and a different season of, like, all aboard. Like, as much talent as possible and as much firepower offensively as possible for Aaron Rodgers. At least that's my perspective. So if we can land Dalvin Cook for a one-year deal and it's not a long-term commitment and we could fit him in in the budget and have a one-two punch of Brees Hall and Cook and have Carter and Izzy as a utility guys being implemented certain ways, I am all in on Dalvin Cook. But if we miss out on him, I am also not crying about it. That's kind of how I'm looking at it personally. Yeah, it's kind of more of like a, a luxury, not necessarily a need. I mean, it could be a need if something were to go awry with like Brees Hall. I think that's maybe the, the part of me that wants him a little bit more is it's that insurance. Not to mention like you keep Dalvin Cook healthier into the season. You keep Brees healthier into the season by sharing that workload, which is what we're seeing or what we, what we think we're going to see with Izzy and Carter and Bam and all those guys anyway but it's just a different level. Like this guy had 10 touchdowns last year. He had, you know, 1300 or 1400 all purpose yards. Uh, it's exciting to see where he's ultimately going to end up. I think he's going to wait until hard knocks is rolling. There's going to be all this drama. He's coming in for an interview. And then Miami's going to be like, Oh wait, we screwed up. We want to pay you more money. And then he's going to be like, right, I'm going home to Miami or back to Florida. I also think he's waiting for a potential injury for a team to get desperate to pay him. Like he, he just wants to get paid. I mean, we saw with Hopkins, like don't get, mm -hmm. get, get out of here. DeAndre. Oh, what a contender. I mean, these people that are at that stage of their career, they just want one more cash, one more contract mm -hmm. before they can just walk away into retirement. And I don't blame them, but that's right. the reality. That's what Hopkins got, and that's what Cook is looking for. Zachary Hobson says, what are your thoughts on the benches having shade for the Jets or for the fans at Jets camp? I love it. For those of you that don't know, I went last year, got totally roasted by the sun and becca makes fun of me and calls me pork fried rye for a freaking week after that it's not great i'm not good getting sunburned i'm like 100 percent irish i'm like not built for sun so yes i very much like the shade that's gonna be there and richard your thoughts on the show well how great are the 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 ceilings? they're incredible beautiful the roof? what do we call those things 
It's like a double decker. It looks like double decker. It's like you can actually like see stuff. It's huge. It looks well, massive compared to what it was last year. Has a double decker, and then the the one on the sideline is like a massive thing with one overhang on top, and they're also seats instead of bleachers, which is really cool. Yeah, my well, butt hurt that after all that. Something's over top. What, <laughs> An overhead? I don't what's know. My, is that wrong? What's my brain? A ceiling? Roof? What's Roof? Like an awning. It's like an, an awning outdoor awning? roof? All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a cover. Roofs. It's like a something we don't. There's no word for it ever of all time. We've never heard <laughs> no of it. No word. Hey, in the chat, help <laughs> us. They put up. a ceiling on the bleachers. I went in the ceiling. <laughs> an outdoor <laughs> ceiling that's not attached to anything a says canopy maybe there you go that's good canopy's a good term canopy feels like cloth though this looked like a like a solid structure nobody's saying yeah no more pork fried rye that's brilliant you gotta really commend <laughs> that one. That's, that's well done that's it that's quality uh andrew yale says any news about our draft pick signing right now we have uh, Tipman, our second round pick, who is one of 12 second round picks who is not signed. And McDonald is one of like seven or eight first round picks that is not signed. So obviously I hope we get them in before camp, but, uh, maybe we get them for like Saturday, they sign and they come running out onto the field and all the Jet fans go crazy all at once. And that's, what's going to happen. Calling it. I said, that's when Quinnen was going to sign. I was wrong. So hopefully they sign just like Quinn and signing after I said that last week. Richie, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it happens every year where this kind of like gets dramatized. Like, whoa, why are we signing our draft picks? Like they're going to get signed. Like it's just a matter of when to me. So I never got a panic. I mean, we saw it with Sam Darnold. Like that was a big deal. Like, oh, mm -hmm. it's Sam's first time walking on the field. Yeah, like a big deal. Like, come on, it's all drama. I mean, it's fun, but I think it's going to get done and – and now we have to talk about. I mean, what's that freaking word? Language, or what is it that they? Have oh to yeah, it's discuss? the con. It's the um, what's what that called? No, offset language. Offset language. Get get used to that, folks. We're in the offset language part of the of the yeah. season. We get <laughs> to hear this once a year. And now we're going right, to talk every about year. offset, it's offset season. <laughs> it's so offset good. language season, guys. Zachary Burner comes in. He says, what are your thoughts on the Giants and maybe the Jets having their logos on the 50-yard line finally? I like cute. it. It's nice. I've never seen that in my time as a Jets fan because they've always had the NFL logo there. It's going to be interesting. I'm like, I'm it's funny. I never, like, it never occurred to me that, like, having the NFL logo at the middle of the field was, like, weird. Like, even watching, like, other games, I was just like, oh, it's the NFL shield. It just it is what it is. And, like, when someone showed me, like, the Giants picture the other day, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I want our yeah, logo there. <laughs> what the hell? Well, if the Giants have it, I will outrage if we don't. I oh, hundred percent. That, that's crazy. Yeah, no. If if the Giants are going to it, the Jets have to go to it. You can't let the Giants have their logo and then you just throw the NFL shield out there. Screw that. Yeah. Pretty Green sure we're the thoughts. only teams to do it, but I think us and uh, maybe the Panthers, or maybe they get their logo there. I was gonna say Chargers and Rams, maybe because no, they share a stadium. I don't know, though. I think they change it. Yeah, they have their logos. We're Damn one it. of the only teams that do it. It's weird. It's bullshit. We're the only team that plays in an air conditioning unit, too. It's oh, crap. my God. Don't get me started. <laughs> Greenman, what do you think about the logo being in the center of the field? Do you think it's going to happen for the Jets? Well, I think, it's, I think that it should be an announcement that if the Giants are doing it, it's the Giants and Jets are doing it. Like, if the Giants do it and we don't, 
I, I don't get it. I, I don't, it doesn't compute to me. I don't understand. Remember the, the reason that I, I, there was something about players getting injured on our field because we have to change it so much, right? So it wasn't quite as uh, like, you know, like the Chiefs or something. It's just theirs. It's just part of their field. Like we had to change it. So there's some sort of something going on with that where guys were getting injured uh, in that area. So they just wanted to keep it clean. You guys don't remember, but when I was uh, growing up, we didn't, it wasn't even the NFL logo. It was a big red circle with the state of New Jersey in it. And it said the New Jersey Meadowlands. So oh, you want to talk, like, you know, how we, so ugly. You know how we eat a lot of crap about the, 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 you know, the jets not being in New York and the whole thing. It was worse then. Let me just, tell I you. would oh, imagine so. You just have the state wow. of New Jersey on your fucking Every field. Game, that, right. It was like New Jersey. Like that's where oh, we are. Wow. <laughs> they did that for a few years too, man. But, um, some guys in the chat will remember my, my old heads. They'll remember the Meadowlands thing and the big red dot in the middle of the field. I don't mind the NFL thing, but again, if the giants are doing it, then we need to do it. It's just that simple. And if we don't, I call foul. That's what I call. Kelvin drops in. He says, which is more likely top three passing defense or top three rushing defense. So as much as I love our secondary, I think teams are going to have to pass on us. I'm going to say top three rushing defense is more likely because of the offensive firepower we now have on our side of the field, even though I love our secondary Richie, your thoughts. Um, I, I think this defense is actually constructed to shut down the pass. I mean, with the pass mm -hmm. rushers on top of the secondary, I think this Jets defense is like built for that. Like it's absolutely meant to get to the quarterback in order to them to try to force some balls up there to get picked off. Like I think this Jets passing defense is going to be the best we've seen in a long, long time. Like, um, and last year, frankly, the rushing defense was the issue. If there was an issue with the defense, it was their running defense uh, later in the season. So, you know, the addition of Al Woods and hopefully Quinn Williams taking a step in that area, which he's already dominated in, will help us in the run game category. But I really don't see us being a top three run defense, but I do th see us being a top three passing defense for sure. Green Bean, top three pass or top three run defense this year? What's more likely? I'm with Richie. I think rightfully so. The Jets have finally caught up with the times and decided to stop the pass and even focus on being a passing offense. You know, even our successful teams, ground and pound, baby. And I'm all about a good ground and pound, but it's a passing league. The The rules are all about that. So you better be, you know, built to stop that. And not for nothing, you know, generally speaking, it's the pass that can kill you. Uh, quicker, you know, if, if if you can stop the run, which we've had teams, even as recently as Greg Williams led defense, we were the number five run defense in the league. If you remember just a couple of years ago, but guess what? The defense sucked. You know, it's like, we say, oh yeah, the, we stopped the run all game and they throw a 40 yard bomb and they score and, and that's the way it goes. So I think um, we're built to stop the pass. I think that's more likely uh, but I, I will tell you this. I don't think we're any slouches in the run game either. I think that we, we're going to be pretty damn good in, in that area as well. I think we got a really well-constructed defense, man. It's, you know, hoping that we stay healthy. If we do, I think this defense is going to do a, a lot of both. But I think passing, if, if we're going to pick one that we end up being known for, it's going to be our pass defense. 
see, I think we're going to rank lower in our pass defense, but the pass defense is going to be far more impressive than our run defense. I just think more teams are going to have to throw and we're going to have a lot of like stupid yards that get at it. Like we might have like 400 pass yards given up, but it's because we've put the game away in the first half of a game. And like now we're just trying to eat clock by letting yards accumulate. So maybe that's not how they calculate like pass defense. Like maybe it's going to be calculated on something different than that. But that's that's more so my rationale for picking run defense. Like teams aren't going to be able to run on us. And fun fact, uh, last year, the Jets defense only allowed one 300 yard passer which was Joe Burrow in week three. And that was the turning point of the entire defense after Quinn Williams got in the face of Coach Whitecott. Right. Stop blitzing! And all, <laughs> that all, that's all she wrote. I loved it. That was such a change, like such a momentum swing too. Like, cause I remember watching like, I was it John Franklin Myers got that roughing the passer call. And then like the very next play was like a 60 yard bomb to like Boyd, I think. Oh, miserable and don't forget people were calling for Ulbrich's head after those three weeks like the defense was right. not playing well week one was pretty good defensively offensively it was a nightmare and then week two the defense didn't look that good we had a miracle comeback win and then week three the defense looked trash against the Bengals. so people were questioning Ulbrich. and then that week four happened went on a four game winning streak because of our defense and then Ulbrich proved to be an actual good play caller and Salah's defense showed you know last to first that quick and that was what Quinnen and Reed that let, spoke up, I think, right? Those were the two? Yeah, DJ Reed, because there was also, you know, secondary issues that was happening. Remember that miscommunication mm -hmm. against the Browns that led up an easy touchdown, and DJ Reed was, like, vocal, like, dude, we got to be on it. And the reality of the situation was is, like, people in real time were getting frustrated, which was, you know, obviously allowed because you're pissed off in that moment. But it's hard for a, a secondary that's brand new at the time. With Sauce, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter the second and the Marcus Joyner, all those guys playing together for the first time to be on the same page communication-wise, which is why I think this year the secondary is going to be even that much better because they're all coming back. It's literally the same exact secondary with just one change of that being Adrian Amos, right? So I think the communication aspect of the secondary was trying to figure each other out. They figured themselves out. Quinn Williams and the coaching staff figured themselves out in terms of don't blitz, rely on the four-man rush, and the formula was there, and then it was just all she wrote yeah the, the the cohesiveness in a defensive unit in a team in general but definitely on the defensive side of the ball where communication is so key you saw just how dominant buffalo could be keeping all their guys together Greenbean brought it up earlier in the stream that that level of continuity year in and year out will, will stabilize a defense because normally defense is like a very hard thing to duplicate year over year like last year we were what ranked fourth or fifth in, in defense this year, I sort of predicted like, OK, I think we're going to be top 10, but it's going to be, you know, sort of a, a weird, not really a regression, but I just think it's going to be a little different than it was last year. But who knows? I mean, literally everyone's back. I didn't think we were going to have Carl Lawson. I didn't think we were going to have CJ Mosley. And go figure. We got both of them back. You added in some more firepower in terms of Woods, in terms of, uh, you know, Amos. I think the safety aspect is where I'm interested to see where things go. I really wish we were going to have Chuck Clark this year having Amos and Whitehead. Whitehead's got to learn to wrap up. I'm sick of these like big time hits with no tackle. He's got to got to finish it off. Richie, yeah. you seeing the same thing in the secondary as far as the safeties go? Yeah, I mean, I think if there's one question mark on the defense, it's the safeties. I mean, that's for sure. But the one thing that I'll say is 
LaMarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead, I mean, the Jets were so freaking good with them. I think this defense is built to not rely on excellent safety play. Uh, not to say that you don't want to upgrade your position and try to get better safeties, but I think that this Jets defense has proven themselves that they don't need to rely on having an all-pro back there. Uh, they can do they can do pretty good with Jordan Whitehead and hopefully Adrian Amos, who's experienced to be you know more of a presence out there. And I agree with you on Whitehead. You know he's more of an all-in or all-out type of player. It's either he makes a big-time pop or he overcommits and just you know when you're the safety, you're that last line of defense in terms of that run defense. Like if they if the running back gets past the first line of defenders, the lineman then gets past the linebackers. The safeties are the ones to really prevent a touchdown. And uh, more often than not, he would take piss poor angles and get beat. So um, I agree with you. Whitehead's got to improve in that aspect, but I also think that this Jets defense is built to not uh, to be elite without having top tier safeties because of how good we are around them. E boogie hops and e boogie says, "How confident are you that the O line will stay healthy and who will be?" all pro this season so i'm not confident that this line (laughs) is going to stay healthy all season i'm very unconfident i'm friggin' terrified (laughs) it's the most volatile part of this entire team like i don't care about the linebackers i don't care about the safeties if this o-line can't block for rogers i'm going to be a lot more pessimistic on things now that being said even if you had to swap out a player or two Because you have Aaron Rodgers and because he knows how to diagnose a defense pre-snap, he will get the ball out much quicker than Zach Wilson did last year. Zach Wilson, I think, was 28th in sack percentage last year. That's so bad. And that's that has to do with him running around and doing the pirouettes in the backfield. So the offensive line will look better because of Aaron Rodgers, first and foremost. Now, going across the line, there's question marks everywhere. You got Brown. He's going to be damn near 40 years old. How's he going to hold up after his injury? You got Lakin Tomlinson. Hopefully he bounces back to his all-pro form or, or Pro Bowl form from just two years ago. You, you got who most people assume is going to be Titman at center. How does he perform as a rookie? AVT coming back from injury. Makai Becton coming back from injury. Like there's just so much uncertainty, but also so much hope. Because like Makai Becton, the last time we saw him healthy was an absolute juggernaut. Now you're telling me he might be on the right-hand side, maybe not facing like, you know, having him next to AVT, where the last time he was on the field, who was his left guard at the time? Was it Dr. Guard the last time he played? Who was our left guard? Last time who Who was it? At the end, Dr. Blocker. Dr. Makai Becton's first year? Oh, no, that was Alex year? Lewis. No, yeah, oh, that's right. So I, I would, I would, you know, say AVT is a sizable step up compared to Alex Lewis. Tomlinson. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, Makai Becton next to AVT on the right hand side is better than Makai Becton next to Alex Lewis. Oh. That's what I'm saying. So, like, oh, from man. a from a teamwork kind of perspective. Makai Becton has never been more motivated than he is this year. I mean, he dropped all the weight. He's literally like in a contract year, so he's going to have to perform and ball out if he wants to get paid big money next year. So I'm not confident they'll stay healthy, but I think um, there's a lot of hope. And um, yeah, I don't know. Richie, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sorry to break you guys the unfortunate news that the Jets had five offensive tackles on injury reserve last year. Like that doesn't happen. So I'm hopeful that the bug hit us and now we have a resistance to the bug and we kind of have this natural immunity to it where like this offensive line can just stay healthy for the most part 
I mean, who the hell is surviving five offensive tackles on the injured reserve list? No team is going to survive that. I don't want to make it seem like it's an excuse, but it's just ridiculous that we have to deal with that. But it, it's hard to have confidence in terms of the health. But I'll say this. I have confidence in the depth. I think Joe Douglas and company absolutely prepared for the worst when it comes to this offensive line. The depth is unreal. Like, we have our starting center for these past three years who we've been used to pay $8 million per year. We have him on the team again this year as a backup, potentially, signed for $1 million. And we have five offensive tackles competing for two spots, right? I think we all know the front runners to win those two spots. And we have, you know, don't forget Wes Schweitzer and uh, Cologne. I like those two depth pieces. You know, hopefully we don't have to talk about these guys throughout the season because we're healthy. But I think the versatility of this offensive line to have players to play multiple uh, multiple positions, McGovern can uh, plug in at guard if need be. I think that's really uh, awesome for Joe Douglas to really do that. And I think that this is the best that this Jets offensive line has ever looked. I think a big X factor to this old line is actually Lincoln Tomlinson because, you know, he had a very down year in his uh, debut year with the Jets after giving him a big contract. He was a pro bowler the year that we gave him that contract. It's not like he's a a bad player. He just didn't didn't look good. And obviously he's still that pro bowl player uh, because he was one. So the question is, if he can get back to that, uh, be that durable beast that he is, but be a pro bowl level talent, next to whoever wins at left tackle spot with the rookie and like we, let's go i mean we have three young studs on this offensive line that really gets me the most excited that being joe tipman avt and makai becton and the other guys are more veterans with younger guys like max mitchell and carter warren fighting for some spots but it's exciting time for this offensive line i think joe douglas has constructed this well enough to be prepared for the worst with injuries green bean how are you feeling about our offensive line i'm right there i think you know it's it's when you run into people that are negative on it, right? Like Joe Douglas is, this is what I hear. I don't know if you guys hear. Joe Douglas was supposed to be an O-line guru, right? You hear this. And we're still worried about the offensive line. I think that's a fair point, right? It's fair. Um, you know, you, you, you have the folks that are, you know, we should have drafted Tristan Wirfs and all those kinds of things. And maybe that's the case. You know, we, I think a lot of us back then when he made the pick, we're thinking Tristan Wirfs. Uh, maybe you liked Tristan Wirfs more. You know, Makai Becton was kind of a swing for the fences kind of a thing. Um, but, like, so when you look at it, it's like, all right, well, you know, you got Dwayne Brown with his rotator cuff, and he's 60. And then you have Lakin Tomlinson, and he had that down year. Is that just – is that a sign of things to come, or is he – was it an off year? Like Richie said, he, he's a pro bowler, man. He was the number one guy that I wanted in that free agent class. I remember I was sitting in Sedona, Arizona. I, I did a live stream going into the free agency, and I was sitting in my car with my computer next to me. And uh, when they signed him, and I was like, yes, like the number one free agent target, we nabbed him because of the relationship that he had with our coaching staff and all this stuff, right? And he ended up having a down year. So he's a question mark. Tipman's a rookie. McGovern is uh you know, who knows what, you know, we know what he is, but he's kind of, you know, he's not not terrible, but he's not a guy that's going to be considered elite, right? Then you got ABT. ABT hasn't finished the season yet. We love him. He's great. I think the world, I think he's all pro level talent, but he hasn't finished the season yet. And then you got Becton and Mitchell and neither one of those guys, uh, you know, they're both dealing with some some health stuff. Hopefully the Max Mitchell blood clot thing is taken care of. But there's question marks all over it. Now, let's say all those questions 
are answered and they're good. This O-line and the depth behind it can be elite. Like Richie mentioned, Connor McGovern as our backup and he's versatile. He played guard at a high level in the NFL. So if somebody goes down, we're not bringing on somebody necessarily that's never played. Or if there is two injuries, like we have guys like, um, the hell's his name? The Wesley, uh, what's Wes his name? Yeah, yeah. Wes Schweitzer. Cologne. Right, yeah. So we got these guys, Connor McGovern, that can come in and play in the NFL. So I think it's got the potential to be magical, like really, really strong offensive line but there's questions all over it so it's scary and 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 i understand that i'm on the side of positivity i think this is the year of becton i think there's even a chance while it's slim i think there's a chance becton pushes his way onto the left side uh again slim i think if dwayne brown is at 100 percent healthy you know and and and, he, and he's and he's fine you know the age isn't getting to him one more year after the surgery, uh, but I think Becton, if he, you know, in the preseason shows that he's an animal, if he's the best guy for the job, having the, you know, Max Mitchell and Billy Turner kind of mess around for the right side, I think that could be good. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really excited about this camp battle. I think it's going to be one of the areas to watch, and I hope that uh, they're all healthy because if they are, I think we could be dominant. I think Makai at left tackle. I mean, this is an interesting take from Eddie here, but I, I agree with you on him being a left tackle, Greenbean. Yeah, Eddie says, uh, Becton will not be starter. I want to be wrong. He thinks Billy Turner starts at right tackle. Um, I could see that. I mean, honestly, with the, the uh, you know, the familiarity with Aaron Rodgers that might be enough to slot him in there now I don't I don't see that being the case I would be very surprised if Becton was not one of the two starters barring some type of injury um Richie what do you think about this you think Turner could start at one of the tackle positions at least earlier in the season no (laughs) um absolutely not um I I just think if the only way this happens is simple Makai's hurt like if Makai Becton's healthy he is like people forget how freaking talented he is because of how injury riddled he is. Like people are, you know, putting the bust next to Makai's name and thinking it's because he's a bad football player. And it's not the reason. The reason is because he was overweight and couldn't handle his body and got injured, which is obviously a big part of being a football player. But we're talking talent here. We're talking f- pure like tackle fundamentals of being an offensive lineman in this league. His talent is off the charts. I mean, it's it's different what he does. And don't forget what he did as a rookie. He went toe-to-toe with Nick Bosa. He went hand-in-hand with Aaron Donald. The Jets versus the Rams. And at the goal line, I'll never forget it, rookie Mekhi Becton shoved Aaron Donald away, and the Jets got a touchdown. Like, I'll never forget rookie Mekhi Becton doing that thing. He also did the same thing to Nick Bosa. So that's the last time we got to see Mekhi Becton as a rookie, and it's sad because it's been two years without him. So... The only way Mekhi Becton is not a starter this season, in my opinion, is an injury. I think that he has a fire lit underneath his ass. I think he has a transformed mind and a transformed body, and he has all the doubters in the world. And I think that, you know, he understands that this is kind of it for him. Like, if he gets injured again, like, he's done. Like, if he gets hurt, he is not getting a second contract by any team, especially not the Jets. And uh, if he balls out this year, on the other hand, he has a big chance of getting paid. And, And my prediction actually is him to ball out this season and get a big contract from another team because I don't see the Jets paying him. So I think it's going to be really interesting, but that's just, I guess, my faith I have in rookie Makai Becton. 
uh, because if he's healthy, I think that he is the best offensive tackle on the New York Jets. Yeah. Do you think they would franchise tag him if that were the case, or you think they'd just let him walk in free agency? Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if he dominates that well, like say hypothetically we're talking like he's a left tackle and plays all games and he's a freaking dominant, it would be tough to see Joe Douglas just let him walk like that. Um, so the franchise tag will definitely be out there. But when it comes to the cap situation, that's a fully guaranteed deal. Like the Jets have so many financial situations I got to figure out. Like that's where your expertise is, Ryan. I'll let I'll pass it over to you. Can I even ha- like handle that financially? Oh, we could do it. You got to add the void years. Now, Quinton's contract is only the, you know, this year that dropped from $9 million to $6 million, and that's like $20 million a year. I, you know, it goes up over the course of the next few years. But I think there's going to be a point where they're going to hold on to Quinton and it's going to say, hey, Quinton, we're going to add multiple void years at the end of your contract and we're going to drop your cap hit each year. I think you'll eventually see that with Rodgers in some capacity, unless he like restructures and he totally like does not make what we think he's going to make. Was it Connor Hughes that was telling us that it's going to be like a contract that no one but like would believe and see it coming like that's what i'm hoping to get from rogers and then hopefully it resets some stuff but the, yeah. the i don't think he's walking away from 100 million guaranteed or whatever he's got already you know in the books yeah i definitely think a franchise tag with makai is possible if he balls out for sure yeah. greenby what about you what do you think about billy turner possibly playing tackle this year and what do you think happens to makai beckton at the end of the season if he plays well i get why eddie's saying that i mean you know um Hackett, this is the third straight team in three straight years that he's taken, you know, that he's had Billy Turner. He's taken him with him everywhere he's gone. So that makes sense. I I understand that. That said, it's going to be really hard to justify Billy Turner over a snarling, foaming at the mouth, uh, Makai Becton, if he's healthy. And then right behind him, a young, strong, you know, uh, relatively experienced. He got his, his, his rookie experience. Uh, Max Mitchell, he's ready to go too. The big thing on Max Mitchell coming in in the draft was he wasn't, you know, he was uh, slight. He needed a, a year in an NFL offseason program, uh, gained some strength, and he's done that. He came back, you know, he came to OTAs looking svelte, stronger. He's ready to go. And I just feel like Billy Turner is nice, solid depth. I'd be really surprised. I get it, but I doubt it. And if it is, something went wrong, in my opinion. Chris says, do you really want to see Becton in the preseason, especially the first one? So I think that's an interesting discussion. I want to expand it beyond just Makai Becton. How do you guys feel about the preseason right now? Do you want to see certain players play, not play? Like, I think we might get like a series out of Aaron Rodgers in one of the games. Like, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of him this uh this preseason but i also at the same time i want to see some continuity and i want to see some like i don't want to go through the the early season hiccups of like oh hey we got the bills week one and we're trying to figure it out or we got the chiefs week three and we're trying to figure it out like there's a lot of uh you know i I want to see people out there but i don't want to see people get hurt so how do we balance that richie i'll toss to you first i mean the weird thing about this year's preseason is we have an extra preseason game because we're in the hall of Mm -hmm. fame game which I think, like, the Hall of Fame game, expect nobody to play. Like, I don't even know if Zach Wilson's going to play in that game, to be honest. Like, I think that's going to be, like, the Tim Boyle, Chris Strebler show, and, like, everybody, like, nobody that's going to be playing, like, on the 53-man roster is going to be playing that Hall of Fame game. I think Zach Wilson's going to get his burn 
uh, in week one, technically, of preseason. Um, so I think when it comes to the preseason, I always would like to see the offense, the starting offense, get at least one series. But, you know, the injury stuff really scares me. Um, but I, I think that preseason, the based on this Jets team, and especially, I mean, what are we talking about? I totally forgot what happened last year. I mean, Zach Wilson hurt his damn knee in preseason. So um, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I'm totally fine with not even seeing him once. Like, if the Jets decide to do that, I'm all for it. And I think this defense, like Sauce Gardner, we don't, Sauce does not need preseason reps. Like, he doesn't. Like, Garrett Wilson, they don't need it. Like, last year, as rookies, they needed it, but they don't need it. Like, protect the stars. Let the guys go fight for their roster spots. I can contain my Jets fandom excitement for week one against the Bills. Grimby, what about you? How are you feeling about the preseason? Who do you want to see play? Who don't you want to see play? How are you feeling? I want to see Mims. uh i think we're gonna see a whole boatload of zach wilson i think uh we'll know if we need to bring in a teddy bridgewater or something like that uh pretty quick you know one two games you know zach throwing the ball into the dirt we'll know um if he's got to be pushed to the three and you know this reset idea hey i'm on board with it and all that I'm concerned about him being the number two. I hope the Aaron Rodgers impact, the Hackett impact, all that stuff is really sticking with Zach Wilson. You know, we, we, it's positive so far, right? Everybody's positive. And I'm on board. That'd be great. Um, but if he comes out in the preseason and looks like Zach Wilson uh, from last year, then maybe we need to – we can't just bank on if Aaron Rodgers goes down for a week or two or whatever it might be that Zach Wilson's going to come in and be able to maintain – uh, the offense and whatever playoff Super Bowl hopes that we have. Um, you know, I think making sure that he doesn't play in the regular season is pretty important. So I think we'll see a lot of Zach Wilson. We'll see a lot of uh, of, of the young guys, man. I think rightfully so. Get your, your first string, you know, the guys, you know, the Garrett Wilsons of the world and get them out there, run around a little bit and get them the hell off the field. No more you know, Avery Williamson in the late third quarter, you know, because we want to see how he calls the play. We want to just see some stuff. And it's and then he blows out his knee and we never see him again. Uh, I don't want to see any of that this year. Just uh, all young guys, all guys trying to make the roster. Uh, Brownlee, Irv Charles, all those types of guys. Izzy, let's get them their, uh, their, their first NFL field time and let's just watch and see who we're going to cut. Jets are going to make this the most boring hard knocks of all time. They're not they're not going to give the NFL any satisfaction of having like any star players on the field at all and it's just going to be like, you know, Tim Boyle playing every preseason snap. And they're going to be like, "Oh, what would you think about the game this past weekend?" Oh, Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah. It's still going to be good though. They you know, look, they're they're going to be there at training camp. They're going to be sticking mics on people and all that. And they got the cup. They can. They don't even need the mics on the guys. You know, they have those microphones that can pick up the boom. They mics got those big, like satellite dish looking things. They just aim at yeah. someone and they can hear everything. Hear they their bowel movements. Everything. The NFL's ready. They're like, all right, the Jets are going to make it difficult, but we got the satellite dish, so we'll get what we need. Richie, before we do our farewells, what do you think about the Jets' number two quarterback position? You think it's going to be Zach, or you think we're bringing in someone else? Yeah, I think it's Zach. I think uh, Robert Sala announced that already, um, bearing him just absolutely turning into the Zach of old of dirting balls, five-year-old outs in the preseason. 
Um, I, I think that he's our number two quarterback. Not saying I agree or disagree with that decision, but uh, Salo said it pretty confidently early on, and he didn't really open it up for a competition. He didn't, he didn't say like, yeah, you know, we'll see come training camp if Zach can be that guy. He said, no, Zach's number two. And usually I've noticed uh, one thing I've learned about Robert Sala is when he says something with that much convic- conviction and that much confidence, it happens. I mean, he said we're getting Rodgers before we got Rodgers. Remember that little time frame, everyone panicking, like, oh, we, it's going to oh, yeah. fall through. Roger, uh, Sala was so confident, which made me confident. And then, again, what happened? We're trying to figure out, oh, is Quinn Williams being extended or not? Rich Eisen asks him. Robert Sala is so confident. He's just like, Quinn Williams is going to be here. That's the last of my worries. And at the same time, Jets fans are freaking out on Twitter. Hey, what is coming on? Salah said it's going to get done. I have confidence, and it got done. So my point is, when Salah speaks that confidently, I'm growing to just, like, take his word. Because usually some coaches say those things, and they don't come to fruition. Salah says stuff, they come to fruition. He's taking receipts, they start winning. So I, I don't know. I'm just a believer in Salah's word. So hopefully it turns into a freaking playoff win, though. Boys and girls, we have reached the end of our show. 10 o'clock. Zipped right by there, Green Bean. Um, I just realized we didn't pick like any kind of qualifier. So anyone that's I listening. Oh, you got qualifiers, Green Bean. All yeah, right. I got a bunch from the questions. Uh, David Gerard is the last one getting in with his question. Did I miss the rigged contest? Uh, so that's a good question. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so I pull up the uh, random number, number generator. 13, 14. I got 15 for tonight. 15 names. All right. So, Green Bean, let's... uh, Where's my little thing? Bam! Okay. 15 names. You have what number each one is. We'll go... Let's go bottom to top. Bottom to top. Got it. Yep. Number 13. I guess it would be your 13. second one. That would be J-Boy. J-Boy oh, is the man. winner. J-Boy. J-Boy with his wife in the shirt pick. So, so I'm excited. Got- J-Boy is actually joining us on our group ticket yeah. buy for the Jets-Chargers game. But we get to spin the wheel, J-Boy, and let's see what we get you. Let's see. Where's my oh, – I did not open this up in time. Hold on. Give me a second. All right. Rooting for the pillow, J-Boy. I want J-Boy to get a pillow. Come on. What am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, I'm in pause. <laughs> You're in pause Logged mode. into the wrong account. I'm an idiot. Happens to the best of us, Rye. Yeah. That's what happens when you you got too much stuff going on beforehand. All right. Bam. Tell me it's not going to go right now because I jacked something up. I definitely jacked something up. Okay. So he's already got the shirt. So let's see. Let's do this. We'll make it nice and easy. J-Boy, you still in the chat? I don't know if he's in the chat. I don't see him in there. He's there. All right. So J-Boy, let's do this. We'll start next week's show with a prize wheel spin because I didn't set it up. <laughs> so we'll do that. J-Boy wins something at the beginning of next week's show. Sound good, Green Bean? I, I didn't hear you. Next week's show. 
Yeah, we're gonna start the beginning of next week's show. We'll do the, the the prize wheel. I didn't set it up the right way, and now it's all jacked up. So, but Jay boy, you win nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> Zip, nada. And you will like it. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, let's give our closing thoughts. Greenbean, any last words for our panel? Yeah, well, I took about a month off, uh, but this week, Green Beans Jets Pod makes its return, so it's out there now. I also want to say that we're going to move the Thursday Thick of It uh, over to this channel, at least for the first quarter quarter of the year. So uh, we will be doing it over here on the Talking Jets channel uh, for the foreseeable future, at least till October 2nd, and we'll see how that goes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll put it up there on my channel, but the Thursday Thick of It, uh, will be held over here. So everybody who wants to check that out can can find it on this channel, not Green Bean Jets fan. But uh, yeah, Green Bean Jets pod out now for your listening and viewing pleasure. Richie, thank you so much for subbing in for Matt. Any last words for our panel? Thank you so much for reaching out to me, Ryan. Uh, it's a pleasure to always talk ball with you both. Shout out to Matt. I had him on my channel this morning. If you guys want to go check out... Uh, Matt and myself previewing training camp. That's out on my channel. We talked for an hour this morning. It was a great time chopping up with Matt. I know I can't be as great as Matt. You guys miss Matt. He does a great job. But hopefully I was able to fill in for the great shoes of Matt O'Leary as best of my abilities. Uh, but, man, it's always a pleasure. The season's about to be crazy, Jets fans. And my message to all of us is just embrace the hype. Embrace the excitement. Don't let any other rival fan base or any other hater just try to diminish our excitement by saying it's this year the same old Jets. You're still going to suck. Rodgers is this. Rodgers is washed. Just tune all that out and just know that when you're a team that has high that has high expectations like the New York Jets and actually has a reason to be excited, it comes with more hate. So embrace the hate because that means we're doing something good. So hug the hate just as much as we hug the good. Let's go fucking Jets. We're about to take flight this year, and I cannot wait to be on this ride with you all. It's going to be a pleasure. Training camp tomorrow. We made it. The best offseason in Jets history is over. Now it's time for the best season in Jets history since 1969. Mic drop. Ooh, so ooh, I like it. Boys and girls, make sure you Don't grab your that. ticket. TalkingJets.com. We're going to the Jets-Chargers game. Monday night football, November, was that 6th? I think it's November 6th. Uh, so make sure you get tickets over there. We've had a whole lot of fun talking to you guys. Really excited for training camp. If you're going to be there on Saturday the 22nd, make sure you stop by Richie and myself. We'll be there hanging out, watching all the amazing Hail Mary throws from Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson and everyone else. And it's going to be incredible. And we're going to cry, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. Boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun talking with you tonight. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S! Yeah! <laughs>